podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I'm sure no one will mind. Move him out of here, Darren. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual. I never said that. Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Boogley only live on Saturday night. <laughs> you your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time that he's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout? Boxing, um, Natters, Messenger Group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Palm, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 459th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining us on the call, we have Matty DiGiallonardo, Andy Patterson, and Ozzy Smith going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. And hello to everybody listening through the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice. That the entire month of January, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. There's only one place to start this weekend, the Packard Music Hall in Warren, Ohio, a hotbed of boxing action, no doubt, Andy. I didn't see in this main event, right, Ilunga Makabu against Tabizo Machunu, the second, the second fight between the two of them. Ray Mancini was having enough trouble with the names. I might have a few problems myself. I didn't see Makabu doing a hell of a lot of anything here. Now, neither yeah. man really staked a claim for victory. Neither man had the rest of the division shaking in their boots. It was an intriguing fight but it never really caught fire for me. Did they catch fire, mate? It didn't catch like how it caught in the first fight. Um, I think uh, Machino kind of adopted the same tactics. I just think Macabre, I can't remember he just shot his bolt in the first fight, mm. paced himself better, but Macabre did... Nah, it was a robbery, that's all I can call it. I, I gave I gave Macabre uh, two rounds. There was moments in that fight that he's, you know, he's just walking forward, he's flat on his feet, he's you see, maybe threw a jab in that and a couple of left hands. But he never really put anything together. Machuno was, you know, his movement obviously was causing him problems. I thought his rhythm was 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 pretty good. Machuno's in that as well. Who was happy to kind of, you know, have his moments where he plant his feet in, in close or inside, and he would work away. Then he would step back and move his head. Just, you know, just I just thought it was, you know, far far finessed by uh, by Machuno. Um, probably what goes against him really is is there's a lot out on the back foot. But you know, in the day as as, as boxing, that you just kind of keep scoring rounds to guys who come forward and are aggressive, and no really kind of landing much. Which to me is what Macabre wasn't doing. He wasn't landing anything. Um, 
as I said, I had it wide for Machunu, man, and it's just to me, it's a disgraceful, disgraceful robbery. You know, at ninety year old, Don King still finding ways to screw fighters, and that man. I mean, I think Steve Wisefield had it one fifteen, one thirteen to to Machunu. Um, I don't know who the other two is, judges are at this point, now, but they need to be investigated, man. I'm telling you, that is perhaps as well, so far robbery of the year, that in, in my opinion. You said Makubu did next to really nothing, apart being like aggressive, come forward. And you know, just just no do nothing really, no landing much. He wasn't really kind of catching my cap, you know, uh, Machunu and kind of bothering him and that. I mean, there was a couple of moments where uh, Mancini's losing his mind with a kind of like cut loose a couple of times and that, but nothing really sustained action. I just hope you know, Machunu was happy, he d- does what he does. And to me, I thought he easily pissed the fight. Um, so to, to have the scorecards come in like that, it's, it's disgraceful. Um, and just as I say, there were a couple of moments in that fight I saw. Makabu either, you know, just square up, you know, poor feet. Um, and if that had been Canelo in front of him there last night, I, I swear, I, Canelo would have took him out within six, seven rounds. I could, I could probably have put money on that last night after seeing that. But um, just need to wait to see what happens with his next move, not if he's going to fight Canelo on that, because uh, they're obviously kind of pushing it hard on the commentary. But yeah, it was just, it was like. It was a kind of drab weekend, to be honest. We didn't want to put a damper on it, but it was, you know, with decisions like that, and then obviously you get um, just bullshit kind of decisions. It's just, it's just, it's just ah, disgusting. That's all it was. We love a drab weekend. Plenty to talk about later on with the heavyweights as well, obviously. A couple of things to mention before we move on with Macabre and Machuno. I don't want to forget about this. Des has obviously mentioned uh, this is a hardcore group, none more hardcore than Brian Hughes, RIP Brian. God bless. Des is right there. Whenever I first started getting into boxing, Brian Hughes was a staple of the corners, you've seen him with Gary Lockett and many other people as well. So obviously Brian Hughes has passed away. He wrote books as well, I'm pretty sure, with his son about historical figures throughout boxing. So RIP to Brian Hughes. RIP to Ricky Gravel. Not yet, he's still going, uh, as far as we know anyway. if he, Unless he's died in the last couple of minutes, Ricky Gravel has thrown in 449, late purse bid. <laughs> he's like Frank here, putting his hand in his pocket or somebody Ooh. else's pocket, you never know, to get the old uh, purse big rumbling. So thank you very That's much. It's pretty to close me. to what Dillian's going to be getting out of his <laughs> Pretty close to what Eddie's going to be getting, but we'll talk about that later on. Thank you very much to you, Ricky Gaville, uh, kicking off the Super Chats. Back to the action in Ohio, Matty. I agree with Andy. I think it's hard to think of a whole lot of positive work Macabu did. Apart from coming forward a bit, I thought Machunu landed the more eye-catching shots. Don't want to see a third fight. Don't think we will. Machunu wasn't happy afterwards. He gave Macabu a little push when he tried to hug him. Would you have been um, like that, Matty? Say you'd had a bit of beef from Macabre, you were Machunu, and he comes and hugs you afterwards. Would you have said, fair enough, let's let it rest? Or would you have given him a bit of a shove like Machunu did? Considering they, they had the first fight where obviously he was knocked out. And uh, here's the second fight. They both fly over from fucking Africa for it. Uh, you know, they couldn't have chose uh, one of the many countries of Africa to have it in. Uh, no, no, they, they choose to go to Warren, Ohio in the United States, uh, to fight in some sort of, uh, it looked like a very large gymnasium to me. Um, soundly outboxes him. Uh, you know, he basically, uh, he, he, my opinion, he probably won eight, if not nine of those rounds only to get for the cards to be basically inverse of what they should have been. Um, those cards from Makabu, uh, not only do I think he didn't win, I think having it a little bit wide his direction is absolutely ridiculous. And I, I don't blame the guy for being pissed off about this. It's a, it's very frustrating to put in that many miles and, and get jobbed like that, especially when you think that 
the real payday at the end wasn't that night, whatever they might have made. It was the Canelo sweepstakes. Um, I, I'd be pretty grumpy too, knowing those millions and millions of dollars just left my grasp. And um, it wasn't because I didn't do my job. It's because the refs didn't do theirs. I know Maccabi is the Don King fighter, but I mean, I was looking at Machuna and his dimensions and how small he is as well, Matty, just before we move on. And you'd think that he's, he's, he might be even shorter than Canelo, size-wise and style-wise. It would have been better for Canelo, I suppose, if the fight was going to happen, which I had my doubts, for Machunu to win and pick up a nice WBC cruiserweight title against a smaller guy, skillful, but not um, on Canelo's level. But it seems to be a lot of people, Matty, think that the Macabu, Don King's put it in, it's actually going to happen. Do you think Canelo is actually a realistic proposition? I do. And I actually, I disagree with you. I think Machunu is a tougher fight for Canelo than Macabu. I think Macabu is tremendously limited and with Canelo's pocket ability, he'll be uh, basically just stay in his chest and, and crowd Makabu. And uh, he's going to have a pretty easy night. And um, Makabu is not tremendously fleet of foot either. Um, so we can spend some time outside moving around if uh, Canelo wants to. Whereas uh, Mchunu, um, he, he makes you come to him more often than not. And uh, he's pretty slippery and he's got... Uh, some very uh, some very clever punches um, in close. So I, I yeah, I think I think there's a reason Makabu won that fight, and that's because he's an easier out than Imchunu. Ryan Deal, our New Zealand correspondent, says only boxing I saw this week was an Aldi Ali shuffle. Move him out of here, Daryl. He throws in five New Zealand dollars as well for us. Much appreciated, Ryan Deal, for the super chat there. He's a Patreon subscriber. Is Ryan Aussie? Uh, so. Machuno, he always has success with that short right hook. I seem to remember he had success against Usyk, but he is small for the weight. As the fight progressed against Usyk, he sort of powered down. He did in the first Macabu fight. As I said to Matty, I thought he'd be perfect for Canelo to, for, to fight shorter, pick up the WBC. But as for Macabu, he isn't any great shakes. I think we can all agree on that. I remember when I remember Alex Morris, former uh, of, formerly of this parish, before the Bellew fight, we all thought, I mean, I'm as bad as everybody else, I thought Macabre was going to smoke Bellew. He was this great sort of dark horse coming in and Bellew got rid of him. He's had a good run, but he, he always seems vulnerable to me, Macabre, like one kind of shot and he'll be out of there. He took a couple of good digs last night, but I don't think he's that great, Macabre, was he? No, um, we, we've said it previously, he always does look vulnerable. I think when... Um... I'll just pull up his record now, but going through his fights, I think when he beat, um, he, he was ropey against Kudryashov. He took some shots and he, like you said, he his balance always doesn't look the best and he always does look vulnerable. Uh, but one thing he can do is he can punch. Um, I, I thought he was quite lazy last night and I simply just think he got outworked. Um, I do think Machuna could have done a bit more uh, just to make it more convincing. Um, but that saying... I was going to say, should he be left to regret that? But he clearly felt he did enough. Um, the majority of people also think the same as well. Um, realistically, he should be waking up as a world champion. And it, and it, what Andy said it right, it was a robbery. It really was. And I think you could see, you know, like the, look at the reaction of, you know, Macabu at the end, you know, mm. he, he seemed relieved and over the moon, you know, that he got that result. Because I think he knew that, you know, deep down, he, he probably lost that fight. Um, it was by no means a classic, um, you know, for the tens of people that were in the arena. They were probably thinking, why did they go? Because it wasn't the best fight at all. 
Don King's obviously just trying to start waiting on that Canelo payday for Macabu now. But I agree with Andy again. I was adamant pre this fight that I thought Macabu would be too much for Canelo. Just sheer on size. It's not all about, you know, just the height because, you know, he's clearly not the um, not the tallest. But when they had that head-to-head, he looked physically a lot bigger. And um, It's all right, you know, like you can have early success from a Canelo perspective, but it does carry, you know, like if Maccabi was able to use that extra weight, it would tie, you know, it would be obvious and it would tire. But after last night, you think, would he have the ability to do that? You know, I think Canelo could outwork him. I mean, last night, a smaller guy, you know, was, um, was you, you know, was, was the better fighter clearly than him, all be, you know, of the right weight. But yeah, uh, I mean, Maccabi, he is on a good run. He has got some good wins. Um, you can't even... Well, the only thing, Steve, you could owe it to last night, maybe a bit of a lackadaisical performance, was inacti- inactivity. He last mm. boxed in December 2020. He's had as good as, you know, he's not done anything. It's not as, it's not as if he's had fights lined up and they've pulled out. So he's been in the gym, you know, and he's, he's done something. Maybe it's a bit of inactivity. But it wasn't a good performance. Uh, and it's certainly one that, you know, raises the questions that can Canelo pull off the unthinkable and beat this guy? Canelo pulling off the unthinkable. Chris Burns turning up the heat in the chat. Macabre can come again. Jade can't. Absolutely well said there, Chris. Pressure's on Joe Burns now to throw in a 179 as well. If last week's anything to go by, Matty, I enjoyed the commentary, to be honest. I, I must admit, I love Ray Mancini's infectious enthusiasm, the guy with him. Is it Bob Alexander or something? But first when they said Bob, I thought oh, it's the Colonel. They got Bob Sheridan, but it wasn't unfortunately. It was a different Bob. Mancini trying to get through those main event names was class. We had Makubu, Makano, Machunu, Machinwo, Jason Chukwu. I think got thrown in at one point. He was having that. That was the biggest battle of the night for me, Matty. Was Mancini trying to pronounce the fighters' names? Uh, boom, boom versus language that uh you know if i would have known that that was the real battle of the night i might have divvied out the 50 dollars they wanted for that pay-per-view Steve. i was gonna say it was 50 state side, 50 50 dollars state yeah, that's right yeah uh-huh. yeah i thought you said it was 15 andy so i was like hey, i'll pay 15 for that and i like downloaded the fight tv no, app onto 50. my roku mm-hmm. and 50 bucks i'm like i ain't giving that much like 15's fair i'll buy don a can or two of hairspray yeah that's cool but i ain't paying fucking 50 bucks to watch that and and then i mean that's the only fight that was you know interesting on the the card and what's bullshit is they build it as a card of six championship fights what championships other than that that one in the Trevor Bryan fight? Like, what fucking championships do they speak of? NABA gold was on the line, Matty, in one of the undercards, I'm sure. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's, um, I tell you what, I like, and I don't know. Obviously, it's on a graph, and they're saying, look, whether you charge 50 bucks for it or 15 bucks from it, the same roughly 10,000 people are going to buy it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just not one of them. And, uh, God damn it. What a fucking ripoff that had to be. I feel bad for the people that bought that. Yeah, well, it certainly wasn't awesome. Sure, it, certainly, sure it wasn't you, Andy, either going on to the undercard. Trevor Bryan defeating Tom, uh, Jonathan Guidry. Bryan looks like a Poundland Matt Skelton to me. He shouldn't ever be able to claim a portion of anything resembling a heavyweight title. I'm talking WBF, IBU, OBC. Nobody should have this man fighting for a legitimate title. 
fucking ICU, mate. Um, so see, that's what I was going to give this fucking fight. Six rounds of last bit, mate, and that was on two speed. Um, <laughs> two speed? Was that Brian thrown at normal? Normal, oh, right? <laughs> mate. But I seen it, it, was like, it was like it was like prime fucking Taylor against Chavez, man. That's what it was like. Um, he had the he had the pudgy belly, didn't he, Trevor Brian? Um, <laughs> and he's fighting. Who's his name again? Goodry, Goodry, Goodry. Jonathan Guidry. Guidry, um, quite a small dude, now, But fair play to him, man. He came on and gave it a go for what I seen. He did, least, didn't nah. he? He did, he did. Yeah. He tried his best, at least. Now nah. that's what you can yeah. ask of the guy. But as you say, mate, how he's got a belt, I do not know. And boy, fucking Frank's trying to pick it. Fucking Slim Pickens, he's picking that one for Dubois. Aussie lump the hoose in that one, mate. He's if he doesn't end that uh, that within six rounds or even earlier than that, man, he just needs to give it up because that guy is oh, trash. Be early. Oh, mate, it'd be earlier. Complete trash. It'd be earlier. One round. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I, look, I think he's got you know he's got some fundamentals, Brighton. He's not a complete you know like no mark who you know we've seen pulled over previously, but he's trash. I mean, the fact that I mean. You say a big thing, Steve. He's got a legitimate world title. He's not really. It's the regular title. Does anybody consider that as legitimate? No. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's garbage, and it, it you know it epitomizes a donking fighter of today, doesn't it? You know, some pretty much he's in the same bracket of Christopher Lovejoy. Just you know, a bit of a bit of a cartoon character, really. Appeared from nowhere, was shoehorned in a position randomly to fight for a WBA regular title. I mean, who the fuck was that guy he was fighting last night? Where have they plucked him from? I mean, fair enough, he gave it a go, but it still doesn't mean, you know, he's a worthwhile opponent because on paper, people will see that. And that was for a WBA uh, world heavyweight title. Keep going, Ozzy. Uh, I've got more on that coming soon. Keep going. Yeah, so, uh, but onto the Dubois thing. Um, I think there's a reason, you know, Shane McGuigan was saying a little while ago that there's no rush for Dubois, we don't need to do anything stupid. But I think when opportunities present themselves like this, um, in particular, you know, when it's like a Trevor Bryan, in a similar bracket to an Anthony Joshua beat Charles Martin, it probably was a touch early for him. But when you get presented a gimme like Charles Martin, you know, for a world title, you're going to take it. This WBA belt is not legitimate. However, it carries some clout because if the WBA stick to what they say and they're going to try and remove these titles, quite easily they could make the regular champion against the super champion. So if you can pick up that belt, clearly look at the likes of who uh, Brian is defending against. You're not going to be thrown in you know, against any of the, the bigger names. So you're not going to be pressured into taking the bigger fights at the wrong time. So they can still develop Dubois at the same time whilst carrying that belt, um, they, they'll it'll destroy him, absolutely destroy him. Um, and it'll just be another highlight real KO for Daniel Dubois. He's, he's levels above. Uh, there's nothing that Brian can do that will even deter Daniel Dubois. Uh, and once Dubois bangs him out, he's another one that, if we never see him again, could I give a toss? Absolutely not, because he's just another clown in boxing that has got this padded record. And has got to a stage, you know, God knows how, got to give him kudos for it. But again, he's absolutely, he's, he's a cabbage. The best way to describe him is a cabbage. And, and Joe Joyce is sitting on the sidelines, basically. Well, there's going to be a chance for, for Dubois to, to get a t- this title. I mean, that's bullshit. Yeah, but to be honest, I, I don't I don't think there's any value in Joyce beating Trevor Bryan whatsoever. 
I think, you know, at, at Joyce's stage of his career, I think he needs to be taking meaningful fights. I don't think Joyce wasting a camp to fight Trevor to fight Trevor Bryan is worthwhile worthwhile for him because the WBA aren't going to action anything, you know, on the on the title immediately. Um I think, you know, that that's pretty certain. They'll try and get a fight, you know, potentially once. Um, you know, we'll, if we see a potential unification later down the line, they're going to look to get Joyce a fight with that. Um, I don't think Joyce is going to lose any sleep not fighting the likes of Trevor Bryan for this bauble belt, personally anyway. Uh, yeah, we put out the uh, challenge to Joe Burns after Chris Burns is 179. Uh, donation. Joe Burns has responded. He's thrown a 179 in. He says, there you go, boys. Can't feed my little boy now, but at least Joe's got his priorities in order. That's the main thing. So thanks for looking after us on a Sunday evening. Again, back to Ray Mancini. Loved him shouting to Guidry at the end, get up, get up, hoping he would last the distance when he got knocked down. He was badly hurt, but he managed to get up and pull on through, Matty. One thing I was going to mention to you as I bring up this screenshot, Ozzy was mentioning about Guidry. He actually came in as a late replacement um, Guidry stepped well up in competition, accepting the fight on less than one month's notice in place of Char, who for the second time couldn't get into the US. The unbeaten heavyweight from Dulac, Louisiana, was originally due to face journeyman Alonzo Butler on the undercard before he agreed to uh, fill the void in the co-feature bout. So that's how we got hold of him. The full-time shrimp fisherman offered an honest effort, though soundly outboxed in the opening round as Brian used his jab to di dictate the pace and distance. He was pulled off the net, Matty, for this opportunity. Well, and you know he uh, he likes uh, fried shrimp, grilled shrimp, lemon pepper shrimp, Creole shrimp, shrimp kebabs, barbecue shrimp, etc., etc. And uh, he uh, he made a lot of money. You just saying Forrest Gump there, by the way? F and A, cotton, F and A. He's not the first fighter running around backstage with a smell of fish on his fingers, I suppose. <laughs> no, no. But this one actually makes him money rather than costing him it like uh, his contemporaries. <laughs> oh, dear. Shout out to Guidry. He gave an honest effort indeed. Um, I don't know if you saw anything else of the undercard, Andy, but I will tell you one little daft story. No, I didn't uh, Ahmed Hefney, should have been called Hefty, came in against 276 pounds. Dakari Scott, who had a nice pair of man boobs. I was cooking the dinner this afternoon, had the fight on the laptop, and my son walks past, takes a look at it and says, I thought Yokozuna died years ago. So that was his <laughs> assessment of the physique of Dakari Scott. I didn't see it, mate, but uh, I'll take <laughs> How heavy? £276. Oh, so his name, his name um, he's gone Hayden H-Bomb Harris, whatever his name is. I think he's about yeah. five foot five as well. He's <laughs> three bills. <laughs> oh, some carry on uh, Matty did you catch anything of the undercard before we move on sure as hell didn't Steve nothing from Matty there on the old undercard one thing you might have caught though Matty was over in wherever the hell it took place Robson Conceso going in against Xavier Martinez I thought that this was going to be a fight between two evenly matched fighters early on but as the fight progressed Conceso started taking over with the jab and Martin, well, Martinez, he targeted the right hand to the body early on, the left, the high left hook to the temple. His punches looked a little bit sharper, a little bit more fluid, but the levels of activity weren't there for Martinez. I think that's where the fight was lost for him. As the fight wore on, he just wasn't putting enough work in, Matty. Oh, not, not at all. And uh, the scorecards might have been a little too wide. I, th I think he had to give Martinez at least a couple of rounds. But, uh, you know, after after the first 
Kansai-sao was basically just able to fall back onto his amateur background, throwing quick combinations in and out, crowding uh, Martinez uh, when he happened to, happened to lose that distance, avoiding mid-range where those hooks could get him. And uh, it, it unfortunately, uh, Kansai-sao, he's a good fighter, but I just don't see him as the upper echelon. And, and clearly Martinez isn't after that performance either. Uh, it was uh, 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 the bookies had it uh, as uh, sl- as Martinez's slight favorite, uh, and uh, it turns out they got that one wrong. Consasau uh, pretty well comprehensively outboxed Martinez, um, other than a few points in the fight. Um, not the most exciting affair, but uh, Consasau might have another chance at a title uh, here within the next year, and uh, Martinez is going to be. Uh, used as an opponent for somebody coming on up and uh, he'll have to come in as an underdog to uh, prove himself next time. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to go that kind of Christopher Diaz route. I've always had my reservations about him, about his levels of inactivity. And in the end, Andy, for an undefeated guy to be happy to last the course, which he was winning two rounds, one round and no rounds on the three cards, that exemplifies exactly what I previously thought of Martinez. He made noises about wanting more fights, he wanted to be more active, but once push came to shove, over 10 rounds as well, not even 12, against the guy who had fought for a world title, come up short, all beat against a good champion, he just was found a little bit lacking for me, Martinez. Yeah, I mean, for what I did see, Kosi Sal was, well, I agree with everything Matt he was saying, actually, about him using his, his amateur uh, background to kind of keep him at distance and basically kind of keep Martin, uh, Martinez on the on, on the back foot. I thought he was pretty much punch perfect. Apart from maybe the third round, I think it was, he took a left hook high in the head that kind of shook him up. Um, kind of yes, maybe the knees rattled. buckled, didn't they? A yeah, a wee bit. And, but his eyes kind of like came back to it pretty, pretty quick. He was kind of like, you know, eyes on the opponent and that. So pretty much... I wouldn't say easy in that, but you know, he was, he was. I thought he was close to punch perfect at least. Um, I the opponent that someone says it was it was it Andre Ward. I think it was. He was saying that kid come for the same gym as Brandon Gonzalez. Now that name wrong a bell with me. Was that the guy that James McGill beat? Him? Was it? No. No. Um... Brandon Gonzalez. So the name wrong a bell with me for some reason. Oh, eh? yeah, because Ward used him for spam. He was saying he says it's quite a hard gym run there. So he would expect Martinez to be properly well drilled and that and you could see it, you know, but he's just he's just he's just lacking. And I agree with Matt as well that he probably will serve as some sort of gatekeeper status or some up and comer to kinda of get him fed to that type of thing. Uh conscious out, um there still doesn't seem to be much movement or for what I've seen today anyway, uh, Shakur Stevenson saying that Oscar Valdez hasn't signed that contract. So Why it might, mm-hmm. it might not go ahead, mate, but I'd like to see um, Cotis Alia get his chance against against Stevenson. If Valdez isn't going to step up or whatever it is, I don't know what the situation is here at all, but um, you see, Cotis Al, as I say, he was, he was more aggressive than he was against Valdez. I thought he was far more on the back foot, circling a fair bit. I think he, he basically threw that fight away against Valdez for me. So if he's a wee bit more aggressive in the rematch, for example, I think he would do a wee bit better. Um, Stevenson might just going to be a different fight altogether. I think actually he's just going to be, be too quick, too slick for him. Certainly got a wee bit more power as well. I think so. I think Conchisal, as I said, I think he'll take the fight, but um, I like to see him get another opportunity. But um, on the topic as well, that, that card didn't look all that great to be honest with you either. I only saw the main event. You're right, Brandon yeah, Gonzalez, yeah. though, Andy. Virgil Hunter's trained in California. Never right. fought again after being knocked out by DeGale in 2014. Was that, was that, was that Wembley? Was that one? Yeah, Fotch, Groves. Groves, 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 two undercards. Josh yeah, Ford. I do remember. I can remember Kevin Mitchell would you know, beat a tie fella or something that night. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I can't remember his name. Was it Gadjima? G- 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 he did, yeah. 
Uh, back over to Conte, so Ozzy, um, I said oh, he just wasn't effective for me, Martinez. No, Conte, say he looked like he was grafting a bit more, especially down the stretch. Now, that was the issue against Valdez. Obviously, we know Valdez was all peed up to the eyeballs, but Conte so slowed down dramatically towards the end of that fight whenever he boxed pretty well for the first six rounds. In this one, he wasn't taking anything to chance. He was pumping that jab, going to the body, uh, albeit against a lesser fighter than Valdez. He wasn't leaving things to chance this time. He's making sure he was getting out of there with the win. Uh, sorry, Steve, I can't comment on this. I never saw it, so I don't want to... Uh, You've missed out? Uh, on the descriptions, I really don't think I have. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, I'll have to swear this one, I'm afraid. No problem at all, no problem at all. Andy, you are mentioning about the... Oh, yeah, that was one thing I was going to mention to you, actually, Matty. I know it's always difficult to come up with a good tagline as an MC. You know, you've got let's get ready to rumble, it's showtime, the fight starts now, all this type of stuff. What do you think about Mark Chinook's latest offering last night? This is boxing, this is top rank, ooh baby, this is the main event. Not sure about that one, Matty, what do you think? I'm very, very glad that I record and don't watch the first half hour of these events so I can fast forward to commercials and stuff, and I missed that. I am so happy that that's the first time I've heard it, because I hope nobody will ever say it again. Your description sounds absolutely horrible, and they need to come up with a better tagline than "Ooh, baby." I um, I don't know that people are offering Bob a uh, an honest day's work in his old age. Um, whoever might have came up with that one uh, should probably be dropped from the marketing department asap. Um, that's that's a bad offering. That's a really bad offering. And talking about offerings, just sticking with you, Matty, briefly before we say hello to everybody in the chat. All I saw the undercard was Rene Tellos Giron, who was supposed to fight somebody else, came in five pounds overweight, ended up fighting against this Giovanni Cabrera, who was as stiff as a porn star's nipple. I mean, he was very awkward. He was in Freddie Roach in the, was in the corner. Didn't see Nico Ali Walsh. Didn't see Stephen Shaw, who's a bit of a heavyweight prospect, knocking out my old man, Joey Deveco, big fan of Javeco, the white James Tony. Did you see anything? Walsh apparently did the Ali shuffle midway through, Matty. Unfortunately, I didn't witness it. I didn't either. I didn't. Steve, this is so underwhelming. And the only point that I could make off of what Top Rank offered us last night is that Top Rank cards that look good on paper tend to look end up worse in actual action than PBC cards that are put together near last minute. And it's rather stunning that they have this much time to give us this. And considering Bob has this wonderful ESPN contract, you know, uh, they have a, you got a huge opportunity with that. You'd think he'd be trying to give a consistently solid product, but this is just another example of why boxing seems to fail when it gets on to some of these uh, more available uh, platforms is because for whatever reason, uh, once they uh, get these big TV contracts, they just phone it in and they don't, um, they don't really offer a whole lot of quality. Well, not, not that I want to go off from too much of a tangent, but we love a tangent on here. While you're mentioning that, I, was, I saw a few people during the week commentate, uh, comment, uh, analyzing whatever, having a chat on Twitter about this. And one fella said about Showtime, oh, you get three fights. They're usually good quality, but that's all you get. And I'm thinking, well, are you not better going with that? The whole H HBO model. I think Showtime are the best in the business at the moment. You have three evenly matched, usually, contests rather than watching some of this filler 
I mean, ESPN, I only watched, like I said, the main the main event and then the co-main or whatever it was. Didn't watch any of the undercards. Didn't watch Wall Street or anything like that. DAZN as well. You get a lot of filler. Are you a fan of seeing the filler, watching everybody progress or saying, I only want to see you whenever you're at a certain level, whether that's prospect, contender, champion, no matter where you're from, who you are, what age you are, would you rather see them in that evenly matched showtime at that point or maybe showbox? Or would you rather see all these fights for the whole of the night, Matty? I think there's a place for those fights, but the, that place is if you want to put it on some sort of a, an online platform off of an app or something like that before the main card starts. Maybe we need to have more development series like Showbox. Um, but, you know, if you're going to be talking, uh, you know, ESPN, you know, Showtime, Fox, um, I, I, wa- I, I don't want to see these kids in four-round fights and things like that. I want to see uh, folks that are, uh, that are knocking at the door, um, or I want to see the door opened and see what's going on behind it. It's they're, because they're, uh, they're, there's, there's enough fights out there to be made that are worthwhile and to air um, th- that they shouldn't be giving us um, th- this, um, this, this filler garbage. Um, you know, the, uh, the average showbox card anymore is better than the average top rank card. I mean, that's pretty pathetic. No more filler, no more garbage from us. Episode 459, Matty's here, Andy's here, Ozzy's here, Steve's here. Not sure if Rapping Rob Kelly will join us, but if he does, then all the better for it. Let's have a look through the chat before we go on to the questions. Next week's action, bit of Eddie, bit of Belly of the Week's and out of here at some decent hour. Uh, Jimmy Tappy's knocking about in there. Good evening to you. Dench is here as well. Sad Ken, Jim McDonald Boxing, Big A. Uh, Chris Burns, who's thrown in a few quid. Thank you to you, Chris. Michael Thompson, M. Lithgow, 1983. Mark Stanton. Johnny Horsecock Nelson, of course, is here. James Lord, Magoo83, Liam Davis, Ricky Graville, uh, Ryan Petit. See if we have any new names knocking about. Josh Ford's there as well. Chase Athletics, our American correspondent. Good to see you there as well. Uh, Des is always here. Richard Wetton. Uh, we've got Adam Hughes. Final few before we move on. Danny Young's here. Uh, Jack WD. Uh, Gary Melia. Uncle Phil. Cedric Sniff. And Chris Burns, did I mention him? Don't know. Joe Burns, he's with us too. Final couple. Uh, who else we got? I haven't mentioned. Doesn't look like there's any more here. Uh, Ryan Petit, we mentioned him. Stephen Hill, welcome to you as well. Right, let's move on. That's enough of that nonsense. Okay, so we had a few questions coming in from people during the week, starting with Ted Barrett. For you, Ozzy, Ted says, question for the pod. What would the panel rather have a clean fighter that avoids fights and doesn't fight the best in the division or someone like Canelo who was popped for PEDs but fights regularly and consistently fighting the best? Me personally, says Ted, I'm not happy with Canelo taking PEDs, but him constantly in big fights, it overshadows the PED ban for me. Contradictory for me as I slate anyone taking PEDs, but if they're fighting the best, I have a lot less problem with it. What do you think about that statement from Ted, Ozzy? Uh, I understand the point. I think it's a case of if 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 you if it's repeatedly you know like he goes into every fight knowing he's doing it, it mm. then there's no place in the business. Look, if they've made if they've done it once and it happens, it's all right, you know, taking his moral high ground. Oh, it's a joke. He should never be allowed to box again. But let's have it right. That that never happens. When have we ever seen that happen before? Um, he, he's massive commercially, and he's not the only fighter to have done it, and he won't be the last either. And they all get chances. I mean, fucking Jarrell Miller, you know, they were looking at bringing him back and he popped for fucking God knows what. Um, he, he popped for everything you could think of. So I would Except rather see somebody... Except for Slim just... Fast. 
Well, shit. Well, up. If they, um, if it's an error, like I said, I, I, I don't know if, um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people say Canelo, you know, has got a team from where he has got the best in the business and he can basically make things happen. But he does step up and he does fight the best. Um, a fighter that might be talented um, and ultimately, you know, he's clean. But if they don't fight people, then they're irrelevant to me. I, I don't care. Like, you know, you can have the best fighter in the world, but then if they just tick along fighting absolute no marks, they have no right to be classed, you know, as one of the best in the world when they don't step up and fight the best. So I'd probably side with the Canelo statement, if anything. Um, it would be different, you know, if you if we were we knowingly knew they were taking peds for every fight that they have. Um, whilst he has been popped, we don't know he's doing it, you know, for every fight. So I'd certainly side with the Canelo argument. Anything on from you, Andy, on this one, just before we move on? What's your opinion? Well, I agree with everything Wazzy was saying, but I'm just the kind of devil in me was kind of thinking back to the old pride days when everybody knew that we were all juicing and that. How great would it be if you had all these guys juiced up, <laughs> you know, like Prime Pacquiao and Prime Floyd just well, juiced to the gills? Yeah. Do, do you know, I've always said, you know, I, I always say, like, you know, for example, it was the 100 metres. If you just chucked everybody and loads of peds and stuff like that, imagine how class it'd be to watch somebody do the 100 metres in eight seconds or something, you know, because of that juiced <laughs> up. And it's kind of the same with boxing, you know, like if they're going to do it, you know, right, chuck everybody in, fuck it, it's all a level playing ground. You pop what you want and then let's see what happens. Um, you know, I mean, best. they kind of do. Well, they kind of do it in the NFL. They can do whatever they want, really, can't they? And they're not really um, serious in the NFL about, you know, I think it caught. I mean, it's like a four-game ban or something. Yeah, exactly, like, yeah. They do, you know, like, they have IVs before games and stuff like that. It's it's so bizarre. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the devil in, I know what Andy's saying, like, you know what, if you say, right, you removed everything and you just think, fuck it, no problem. Um, a big thing on PEDS as well is I don't count, like, recreational drugs on that. I don't agree if fighters, you know, get popped for doing cocaine or weed or something mm. like that. I don't agree with that. I, d I don't see how that enhances your performance. You know, if it clearly is a steroid or something like that, you know, or um, a fat stripper or a masking agent, I understand that. But if somebody gets done, you know, for like cocaine or, you know, th they had a joint and they got done for cannabis, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, it, it doesn't enhance anything. And I don't put a blemish on somebody for that, that, oh, you're a ped cheat because you got busted for coke or you got busted for marijuana. Um, so there is differences on that as well. And you got to be careful about that, though, because uh, you open up the door for, like, where cocaine could help would be putting it uh, in somebody's water in the corner or whatever fluid they're ingesting. You know, there's, you can definitely, Stevie Ray Vaughan used to uh, put uh, uh, an eight ball uh, into his uh, into a glass of whiskey before he went on stage every night, so he had juice um, to go. So I, I don't. That's that's a risky proposition. I say that as a big uh, proponent of uh, lessening laws on uh, recreational drugs. I wouldn't say I'm a well, yeah, I am a proponent of doing recreational drugs. You know, party on, but um, it's it's a risky way to go when you're talking about stimulants. That's that's a that's a different path. What about performance-enhancing drug uh, testing for this panel, Matty? Do you think that could be a good thing? I think that uh, we would test positive for things, <laughs> none of which enhance performances. 
<laughs> oh dear, let's hope nobody tests positive in the main events next week. There's three big cards. We're going to have a chock-full Sunday, starting off in the Motor Point Arena, Cardiff, Wales, Saturday the 5th of February. Ben Shalom for the ultimate boxer is putting on this one. Chris Eubank Jr. against Liam Williams. We'll talk about that one shortly. Before we do so, on the undercard, Ozzy, a couple of fights of interest. I noticed earlier that Chris Jenkins is going in against Julius Indongo, which is a bit of an interesting one that slipped me by. That might be a pretty decent scrap. See what Indongo's got left there. Samuel Antwi against Connor Walker as well for the English welterweight title. Uh, big Steve Robinson at heavyweight. Caroline Dubois making her debut. And Harlem Eubank. And of course, the Groat herself, 11-0, trying to build up this fight with Savannah Marshall, going in against unbeaten Ema Kozin with uh, all the belts on the line, WBF, IBF, WBA, WBC. What do you think about the undercard as a whole, Ozzy? Anything you're looking forward to? I think it's okay. Um, I've seen far worse, that's for sure. A couple of random fights. I think the Chris Jenkin ones is, it's just one of them that, you know, nobody would ever ask for it whatsoever. Uh, And I think even when it's made, nobody would ever ask to see it anyway. But it's one of those intriguing ones. What has Indongo got left? Um, I mean, he burst onto the scene, you know, completely schooling Ricky Burns and uh, blitzing Trojanovsky as well, uh, and then got banged out off Crawford and has kind of been, you know, shown up for what a bit of a, a bit of a hype job in a way is probably the best way to describe him. You know, Danny R, you're loosening up, bang him. And then, of course, how how can we forget that one time Hassan McQueen, you're banging him out as well. Uh, that was only the back end of last year. I think Jenkins will have too much for him, to be honest. Um, I thought Jenkins was well in the fight against, you know, Echo Esserman. Uh, and Esserman's work rate just, you know, pretty much did for Jenkins in that. And he ended up managed to get him out of there. But I think Jenkins will have too much to beat Ndongo, to be honest. Um, I couldn't really care about the quote. Um, hopefully she puts the pair, purse to uh, getting a new hairline. Uh, that's all I need to say on that uh, fight. Uh, I, I like these fights between, you know, like Samuel Lantry and Connor Walker. Um, you know, mm. pr- as, you know, thirteen and one and ten and zero English title on the line. It's two guys, you know, got a massive opportunity to fight on TV. Um, you know, a legit title as well, an important title in my opinion. Bringing the um, when you're coming through in the career. Don't know much about Connor Walker to be honest, uh, but I know that Antwi beat Darren Tetley. Uh, I think it was last year now, and pretty convincingly as well. So if I had to side with somebody, it's mean a, a bit, you know, but I would side with Antwi just because I've seen more of him and I think he's got better experience at that level. Um, a couple he's of other, a bit, tank, a bit of a random he? one. Sorry? He's also a tank. Remember, he can have... Oh, he's massive. Absolutely. Flatly, remember, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely Tetley's massive. Right. Yeah, big, big welterweight as well. Another one as well, uh, a couple of other random, well, random ones, interesting ones on the undercard. Otto Wallin has popped up on this, completely out of the blue. He's in a six-rounder against Camille Sokolowski. Don't think that'll be on TV. But, you know, like, this is just, it's another random fight. You know, you would never expect to see that happening whatsoever. Yeah, it's happening in Wales, and it's Otto Wallin against Camille Sokolowski. Uh, And then, not so random, but a very talented fighter is Reese Edwards. Very, very good fighter. Trained by Gary Lockett. Um friend of the pod, Richie Garner, has told me a lot about this guy. Uh, really, really rates him. So, one to watch out for. Hopefully, he's on TV so people get to see him. But overall, I think I think the card's okay. Um, I've, I've seen far, far worse. And I've seen better. Um, I think it's middle of the park. I think the main event takes up a lot of cash. This is a fight that, you know, some promoters would happily stick, you know, behind a paywall. I'm glad it's not. 
So if that means a weaker undercard, but a better main event that you'll see on subscription channel, I'm all for that. Yeah, Shalom floating about in Dillian White's corner now. Dillian White's former potential opponent, Otto Wallen, turning up on Sky. Who knows? There's maybe things in the background being sorted out. Dimitri Salita uh, with the boxer crowd, you don't know. But yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. I completely missed Wallen on the undercard there. But uh, a welcome addition against old Camille Sokolowski. Uh, Andy Des saying there, Jenkins, this Chris Jenkins has been around domestic level for years, lost his title and doesn't fancy doing it all again. This is a route around all that and will open a few doors. Yeah, he's absolutely right about that. I've seen Jenkins a couple of times in Belfast. He always cuts, that's the problem. There's always some kind of injury issue. But more to the point about Julius Indongo, the opponent there. I'm not going to say he's a lucky fighter as such, but I think he was a right time, right place fighter. He caught Troyanovsky with a punch from the gods, yeah. knocked him out, got burns at a decent time, put on clinic that night, maybe caught him by surprise got the belts. And again, I don't want to completely discredit him and say it was accidental, but them two fights, they haven't, they've been like outliers in his career. The rest of the time he's resorted to the mean. We see that with fighters sometimes, don't we? I actually don't think Indongo is that good. Yeah, well, I know what you mean. Um, as you say, they, they two wins probably flatter to deceive. Um, if you see, like, say, um, you know, beating Burns in the manner what you did, think you're sorry, okay, is this a wee hidden gem of just knowing about that? And then obviously Crawford just absolutely destroys him. Has he won a fight since then, actually? Since uh, since the Crawford fight? Uh, I don't think he has, point. actually, has he? Uh, I remember, yeah, I remember was, it, was it Joaquinho who actually iced him pretty, uh, middle of last year, whatever it was? He's won one but, fight, yeah, Andy, yeah, against Carl Tavius Jones-Johnson in Tuscaloosa, and it's been loser ever since. He's he's won one out of the last five. Who's who's the, the L's come against? Uh, Crawford, Progray... Uh, Yulusinov and one time, so all really knockouts, he's, all he's, early he's, knockouts as well. Yeah, he's he's getting brought in really to kind of like not so much. Well, obviously, the Crawford fight was different; that was a unification, but um, maybe he's brought in as a kind of you know because he'd been over the course with some guys and that trading off his name, name yeah, now, isn't he? I think name value, ex champion and such. And that but whatever he's whatever credit he had in that's new new spent, mate. To be honest with you. Jenkins has been kind of he's going to be hanging around about domestic level for you know a bit well his entire career basically. Yeah, good so solid go, British level for yeah. British champion, yeah. So if he's no at fringe world title level or even what a challenge for European at this point, understand him they want to go back through the, the ringer at British domestic level. Maybe this is a way run about it, but I I don't maybe it's an IBO route he's gonna go down or something. Um but I just didn't see I just didn't see this is some sort of fight that's gonna be getting on there really to be honest with you. But um you know I was kind of shocked when I seen this one come up actually, um, but I, I, I've got to say Jenkins is probably going to going to win it to be honest with you. But um, just wait, wait and see. Do you know who I think is going to be the next Indongo? That guy who fought um, uh, Lerone Richards the other week, Carlos Gongora. You know, I think he's going to oh, trade so. out on that Melikuzia. Was it Melik- who, who did he knock out again? It uh, was- uh, Akhmedov. Ali Akhmedov. Akhmedov. I, I think yeah. that was his his Indongo moment, you know. I, Mate, think he's I was raging. Uh-huh. I was raging when I heard that he had only arrived in the country it was like four days before the fight. Oh, mate. No, it just wasn't good enough for me. You don't think he's going the Indongo route just yet, then? Just yet, I think, mate. I think, um, well, again, it depends what Eddie wants to do with him. He's probably have options on him. I don't know. He could get recycled again. Um, he's a decent... Decent super middleweight, B B level. I, I tell you who he reminds me. Actually, I've said it before. Gabriel Campillo, rather than Dongo, to be honest with you, um, he's got a wee bit of power, maybe a wee bit of dodgy chin and that. But I was, just, I was just deeply disappointed as to how he performed in his last fight. Uh, Matty, any interest in the undercard from you? Clarissa the Growth going against Ema 
Kozin. She's uh, 23 years of age, apparently, from Slovenia, and she's known as the Princess. And if you see her photo on Boxrec, you can see exactly why. More like Princess Fiona, I think, out of Shrek. Ah, Steve. Yeah, we got to go there, don't we? You, you want to discount this Slovenian gal, but you forget that in 2019, she fought Maria Lindbergh and she won the IBA super middleweight belt, the Global Boxing Union super middleweight belt, the World Boxing Federation super middleweight belt, the IBA super middleweight belt, and also the uh, IBF uh, super middleweight belt, which probably should have been listed first. And then looks like Primo Conner. Well, she, you know, she kind of reminds me of. Do you remember the uh, the Russian chick that joined Ben Stiller's team in dodgeball? <laughs> she just needs a unibrow, and I think we're there. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a, a bigger. Uh, she's a bigger, naturally bigger fighter than the quote, uh, with a little bit of knockout power. Uh, I haven't seen her fight, but we'll see what happens. She will be the fifth undefeated opponent. I'm um, not going to count the debut fighter that the quote fought, but that she, uh, uh, Kozin will be the fifth undefeated fighter that Clarissa Shields has fought in 12 professional fights. And I think that's a worthy mention. My Bob Arms actually sitting listening to us with his head in his hands just now. Listen to you talk women's boxing. Well, We're barely women's the, boxing, by the way. Well, for, for, those, for those who do like women's boxing, uh, Steve, I decided the month, we're going to start the first weekend in April. We're going to do a monthly women's boxing podcast called Chicks with Digs. <laughs> yeah, you like that one? Yeah, and, I will uh, be here for that one, I can guarantee you. And, and we'll be, and we, uh, we're going to do it on the uh, on Saturdays. Who's the we? First, we? I, I'm gonna we? Find, I'm going to find. I'm going to find a female co-host, Andy. <laughs> I'm going to find a female co-host, and we're going to do it on uh, a Saturday. Co-host. Yep, we're going to do it on. Yeah, the women should have another opinion on women's boxing, right? So we're going to do it on the first Saturday of the month. There'll be a once monthly show, and by doing it in April, we'll be able to preview that big fight uh, between Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor, who has opened up as a slight favorite. Motherfucker. Well, we all know, Matty, who the host won't be. Jade cunt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm telling you, he said cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brutal. There you go. Well, that, who thought you would have had a, a rundown of Ema Cozen against Clarissa the Goat Shields? But let's go on to the main event. Then Aussie Chris Eubank Jr. against Liam Williams. It's got rearranged, prearranged. God knows how many times. I'm looking forward to the fight. I think it's going to be a good one. I've laid my cards on the table. I'm going for Chris Eubank Jr. Later on, I think he's going to stop Williams 10 or 11. I'll sit on number 10. Don't know what you think about it, Ozzy, but the people at home are going to find out right now. Eubank Williams, who you got? Um, I don't know at the moment. I've mulled it over. I'm, I'm back and forth on it because I think when Liam Williams steps up, um, I thought he was going to... I, I really believe that he'd, give, he'd cause Andre problems and... He was pretty much outclassed. I thought he showed a good heart and showed a good chin and he took some big shots, particularly, you know, early on in the fight. And he did have bits of success, but Andre was a level above. Um, you know, he's a weird one, Williams. He's clearly above domestic level. Um, I'd rank him at European level, but not world level. But at the same time, would I say Chris Eubank Jr. is world level? Probably not, really. Um, he's never had that standout win. You know, he, he was well and truly outclassed by George Groves, in my opinion. He'd be a shadow, you know, of what James DeGale was. 
Um, got a fortunate win against Matt Korobov, you know, with that dodgy shoulder injury. Um, I thought he was dire against Marcus Morrison. Um, and, and let's have it right, you know, Zach Parker showed what to do against the likes of Marcus Morrison. Go out there and if you're a level above, go and blitz him out of there. And Eubank Jr. laboured to a win. Uh, understand he'd been inactive, but still, you know, there's levels to this game. And if you are that good, I don't care if you've been inactive, you should have the ability to get people out of there. He then fought some absolute no-mark uh, German, you know, last time. Ever. Who was it who pulled out of the Eubank Jr. fight? And he ended up, can you remember who it was? What fight Eubank, was that, mate? Eubank Jr. should have been fighting somebody and then the opponent yeah. pulled out. He ended out. up fighting that who wank out Widgie. Yeah. Oh, it, oh, fuck, I can't fucking... Oh, who was it? Oh, I can't remember. Someone in the chat will know. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, anyway... So, yeah, he's not had anything, you know, like exactly the best preparation or quality. Um, the only thing he's been doing, he's been doing a hell of a lot of work with Maratops. his trainer, Roy Jones Jr. Um, who was it? Uh, Antoli Moratov, no? Was I it, thought he was a, a, he was a replacement as well. Was it a Russian that came in and filled a, a, a medical... Oh, yeah, he, yeah, failed, so he, was, he Yeah, it was a replacement. Yeah, but he was another replacement. Yeah, I'm trying to think who the original opponent was. Anyway, well, it's beside so it was, the point. It was for Sven, uh, Sven Elber. He tested positive yeah. for COVID. I, Sven Elber was the one I was thinking of. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, an absolutely shite opponent. So, it's a weird one, really. So, if we're going to judge it off what we've seen and what we've done, Williams has certainly been the more active. Um, they've both got the flaws. Uh, Williams has made that move to Adam Booth, so this is his first fight under Adam Booth. So that's a big change as well. Booth, you know, has done work with Chris Eubank Jr. Eubank Jr. has been working a hell of a lot with um, with Roy Jones Jr. as well. Oh, I, I don't know. I've always said if you stand in front of Chris Eubank Jr., it plays into his hands because he's he's excellent against a static object. If you can box and if you can move, you can make him have fits because he's just not that type of fighter. Um, you know, you saw it when Spike O'Sullivan did it. He stood and traded with him and he got beat. Um, I think Williams can box. You know, he, he was in the fights with Liam Smith both times. Uh, you, you've got to be half decent to do that. And, and getting beaten by Andrade isn't, you know, it's not embarrassing. It's not a bad defeat. Andrade is a talented fighter. Um, who was underachieved because he just never takes the bigger fights. He's, he claims to be the cam man, but really he's not. Um, on that, I'm, pro I'm probably going to side with Williams, but it's not something I'd say with mass confidence. Um, I do think it's quite close. Um, Eubank's a fairly steady favourite with the bookies from what I remember last time I looked at, uh, and I can understand why. Eubank Jr.'s 4-9. Uh, Liam Williams is a shade, or uh, well, he's well over two to one, which I think is a decent price, actually. I don't see uh, Williams getting Eubank Jr. out of there um, at all, really. Uh, I think one that's one thing we can say about Eubank Jr. His chin is excellent. But can I see Williams outboxing him and potentially outworking him? Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, I think Williams will be up for this. It's probably a bit of a last chance hurrah for Williams as well, you know, at this sort of level, because, like I said, you know, he had that big chance against Andrade. De I won't say career is on the line because, you know, records are for DJs. You can have five or six losses. All it takes is one win and you're back in the frame. But this is a big fight for him and a big opportunity. Um, I'm going to side with Williams on points. But as well, if Eubank Jr. was to get him out of there... 
it wouldn't be a massive surprise to me. I think that's the way that Eubank Jr. can win. I don't see him outboxing Williams, but I don't see Williams stopping him as well. But yeah, I'll, I'll go with Williams on points. Yeah, I don't think there's too much between them, Matty. I don't pick Eubank with any great confidence. I wouldn't be completely surprised if Williams loses. He's tough and he showed that against Andrade. As much as we slag Andrade, he's talented and he's clearly a level above these two guys, in my opinion. I just think that at some point, Williams is going to get caught. I don't know why, I just have a feeling and Eubank's going to lay on him with those mass barrage of punches and he's going to take a few shots, particularly uppercuts, and just get stopped. That's the way I see it going. I think it's Eubank's tank and his accuracy, that's going to get to Williams at some point. And Williams' bravado, maybe, uh, will we'll get through. But yeah, like I said, Andrade is a level above these two guys, and Williams showed his toughness against him. So it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility of him staying out the way Eubank, who isn't a massive puncher. But anyway, Matty, the point is, I'm going for Eubank. Who are you going for? You know, Steve, I, I think Eubank is probably the smart pick, but the thing about, about Eubank Jr. is that he just, doesn't have that much activity and a guy who is willing to work a little bit and is willing to invest in the body is definitely going to have success against him and can win some tight rounds. Um, my hunch is that this is a distance fight. And, uh, and I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to say Eubank Jr. Narrowly on points and it will be contested. Stylistically, the boys are making the point, Andy, in the chat, and I think it's a good one about uh, Eubank and the Roy Jones connection. If Eubank comes out and fights like the way he used to, I think he has a better chance if he puts it on Williams and tries to yeah. use the work rate. If he comes out trying to do a, an impression of Roy Jones in a movie like he did against that wank, wanky or whatever he was last time, I think that's a recipe for disaster. I think they'll be smarter than that. He can't come out and stand there like a statue trying to be 1995 Roy Jones against Montel Griffin or somebody. He's got to come out and be who he is, I think, and go toe-to-toe with Williams at times. I think, I think you all, mate, to be honest with you. Um... I know Williams obviously, you know, domestically and certainly kind of fringe, uh, well, European or fringe world level, he was looking sensational. Um, dogged it out with Andrade. I mean, he was looking very heavy weather, early doors in that fight, and he's seen it out to the final bell and that, so he has got that about him. Um, I think he'll come for Eubank as well. I, I, I can see Eubank, hopefully he doesn't, but I, I, I'm a wee bit side me Aussie in that as well. I don't know how it's going to play out as well. I, I'm side me Eubank, but I don't know how he's going to approach it. If it goes like it does against Morrison, like jab, right hand, and that kind of like move about and have a look at things and that, it's going to be a shit night. Um, and you can see maybe Williams making it tighter on the cards and that. Um, but if he comes out like early career Eubank, like he did against the Bums, just kind of like goes to war, puts it on Williams and that, then we might get, you know, a, a, well, obviously we'll get a far better fight. And it might even stop Williams, actually, to be honest with you. But... Um, the longer it goes and the more Eubank maybe sits off it and maybe just picks his moments to kind of go to, to go to work, I could, I could see him kind of like pulling out a, a boring decision as such. So I'm just not too sure yet as to how it's going to go. As I say, it could come into a fight of the year type territory or it could be a complete snooze fest. But one at the minute, I'll probably side with Eubank on points. Where else? I was going to say, when when he's tried to do what, what Andy was saying, you know, in the last couple of fights, when he tries to box, it just doesn't look natural to him. He's, it's like he's caught between styles when he's in that. And Andy's right. He, he needs to come out and be like the old Eubank Jr. Somewhat like when he, 
in the second half of the Billy Joe Saunders fight, he knew he was down it and he just went for it and he went toe to toe with Billy Joe Saunders. And he, you know, he, he started to win rounds more on work rate because Saunders started to fatigue, but he let his hands go. But since he's got, you know, he's got with Roy Jones Jr., they've tried to completely change the way he boxes. A, a bit similar, you know, to what, you know, like Joshua, they tried to change, they took away all the things he's good at and tried to make him box and outbox somebody like that. And it's kind of what they've done with Eubank Jr. in a way. They've, they've taken away what he was good at, and that was a high work rate, throwing in big shots. He's not the biggest of punchers, but it can be overwhelming, you know, from where you just take that many, you're going to get stopped. And they kind of taken away with it in, in the performances that we have seen. Um, if they're going to do that and they start slowly, Williams has got that Welsh crowd behind him as well, which he's not had for a very long time. I think it's sold quite well, um, so that will help. But I think uh, the game plan could come into question in this. and I think Eubank will have to be prepared to, to be able to adapt quite early. Um, if he does start, you know, the boxing isn't working, drag Williams deep. You know, Williams likes, you know, likes to be rough and ready as well. Um, and I think that might suit Eubank, you know, because it will start getting into a bit of a war and they'll just, you know, it becomes then, you know, survival of the fittest. I think, you know, if he does start off slow, it's only going to be a bad thing for him. But I, I think this is the this is the epitome of, you know, a genuine 50-50 or a very good fight that, you know, we've got people on, quite often or not, we nine times out of ten will agree on a fight. Whereas on this one, I don't think either of us can confidently pick an opponent at the moment. And I think that shows how good the fight is. doesn't always need to be of the highest level, but when two guys are evenly matched you know, the makings for a very good fight are there. No, I agree with you, Ozzy. Uh, we'll maybe look to gonna, do a post-fight pod or something. No, go on, Andy. You're gonna I was just going to add to what Ozzy was saying. That obviously, uh, Roy not changed or attempted to change up Eubank's style. You often wonder is, if he'd maybe made that move like early in his pro career, instead of having his dad, you know, kind of mooching about and going to Adam Booth for, you know, move, and whoever else he had in his corner that for a wee bit. And that. I mean, what is he now, early 30s? He's been with yeah, Roy, yeah. Roy now for the best part of two years, mainly during the pandemic and that. It's just like mm. he's caught, as you say, mate, he's caught between the two styles. And maybe if he can fine-tune one part of it, you know, go to war and kind of stick back on the on the jab and that. Because one thing we kind of like, you know, gave him shit for was he's lacking a jab at times. He's somebody who's just going there and wing shots him. So if he's trying to set it up a wee bit better than that, then, you know, that's good and well. But as you say, it's, it's, it's time for him to kind of like, you know, just go to it, I think, because I think if he does that, it'll be a far more entertaining fight. I think he could even get the stoppage possibly. Uh, a few of the boys are throwing in there. Picks, uh, Jack WD says, Williams can be a bit of an on-top fighter and Eubank has a good chin. Kaiser Cobra threw one in as well, if I can find it. Here we go. Interesting to see how Eubank Jr. reacts to the power. When Williams lands the right flush, he hurts people, but Eubank does seem to have a chin. Yeah, I would favour Eubank's chin over Williams's power from what I've seen of the pair of them. Uh, Eubank Points, says Stephen Hill as well. Uh, who else we got? There was another comment I was going to bring up as well. Uh, let's have a look. Where are we? Oh, Jack WD. It all depends if Eubank does the Roy Jones Jr. impression or not for me. Yeah, we mentioned that as well earlier. Uh, before we move on to our next show, which we will talk about the Eddie Hearn Dizone show over in Footprint Centre, Phoenix, Arizona. Sounds like a nice place to be. A couple of quick shout-outs. Shout-out to Emmett O'Keefe, who joined us over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum during the week. Emmett O'Keefe is back with us. He wanted a bit more in the Boxing Nutters Messenger Forum group. 
So welcome to you. Also, shout out to friend of the pod, Michael McElwee, who put on a retirement party for Carl Frampton on Friday evening. I popped by for a bit as well, just to see what the crack was. And he organised it all and it was a it was a good night. So shout out to Michael. He listens in every week. And he's organising things, getting shit done out in the world of boxing. Couldn't meet a nicer fella than Michael McElwee. Good luck to him. And just before I forget, uh, don't forget to smash that like button. You should do that, Matty, as our resident American but uh, um, a resident American panelist and co-host. Smash that like button and subscribe, guys. I think you could come up with a better spiel for us, Matt. God, not on the spot like that, Steve. <laughs> come on, you guys, smash that like button. Is that the way they want your Yanks roll? Uh, yeah, I, uh, you can you can smash the like smash, all you want. Smashing granite, your bird. Hey. <laughs> I I, I kind of like the uh, I, I kind of like the super chat smashing in through the channel too. Um, I like the Spotify likes. I uh, I like the uh, the iTunes likes. I, I like all of those things. It, anything that's positive, other than your STD test, thumbs up from this side of the pond. All good positive stuff here. Jimmy Tappy says Williams Defo wins if Steve says Junior. I'm on a good run. One and one in my last two predictions. I'm I'm on the prediction train lately, Andy. I've been getting a few right. <laughs> I can't remember of any off the top of my head. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's just, it's a Yanks would shoot the like button. I've <laughs> 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 seen that in the chat there. Who was it? Um, Michael Thompson. <laughs> 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 hey, what was that, mate? What was your, your bad pick? Sorry. J- Jimmy's going on about my bad picks again, but I'm on a good run, Andy. I was saying one and one in my last two picks. I'm, I'm, I'm on a roll, man. To be honest, mate, it's not been a fucking hard picking so far this year, isn't it? It's been fucking shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. No, you, you can't be good at everything. But yeah, hit that. Shoot the like button. Hit subscribe. Do all those lovely things. Smash the back doors in as best as you can. Let's go over to Phoenix then. Well, I'd say it's lovely and hot at the moment. We'll start with you, Matty. Wissaxil Wangex, uh, Swissaket Sorung Vizai, as he's better known. And let's have a look when he last fought, actually. He fought Ekowit Songnui in Thailand back in... Uh, that was nearly a year ago and then before then in 2020 he hasn't been that active this is the problem for me for Sorung Vizai for whatever reason he hasn't been that active he's got some excellent wins over Estrada obviously in the first fight two wins over Gonzalez he's going in against Carlos Quadras here on this Eddie show they've fought before how do you see it going Matty Sorung Vizai vacant WBC super flyweight title against Quadras him of spotty back fame you have to wonder how much Quadras has left? I, I think that's also a fair portion of this. I, he hasn't uh, he hasn't looked tremendously exceptional um, in his last few outings, as I recollect. Um, Rungvisai, like you're you're right. The, the invent activity kills you. And what I, I think what happens with some of these guys is when they start making first world paychecks and they live in a third world country. What the fuck do you have to do? You know, like it's you, you talk about, uh, you know, sleeping in silk pajamas, you know, like what about, you know, sleeping in a, a high rise, knowing that you're safe from whatever oncoming military coup is headed your fucking direction. Um, you know, a little tough to get up in the morning, uh, given that. So it's I kind of wonder what each of these guys has left. I think Rungvisai has more. So I'm going to side with him, um, probably thinking points or a late stoppage. So rather than silk pyjamas, Matty, what you're saying is it's hard to get up for your run in the morning when you're actually having breakfast every day. Fucking A. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you don't have to worry about... Bit? What's that? Are you picking for a stoppage? It's... No, I, I, it's a late stoppage or points. I, it's a toss-up for me on that one. It's, it, that, that, I just... I don't know. 
you know, I, I just I, I I can't buy the stoppage. I can't buy the stoppage. I think points. No points there. James Lord says Charlo future pen for pen. Stephen never forget. Hey, tell you what, you could put one of the Charlos in the top ten right now. I might take a, a tick on that. I might take a W on Charlo pound for pound. <laughs> Maybe not number one pound for pound, but top ten. I'm taking that one. Uh, Quadras looks like a 1980s movie star in his photo there. 39, 4 and 1, 27 knockouts. Again, looking for his record. This whole COVID situation has thrown a few fighters off for me completely. When the hell did Quadras fight last? 2020. So that was, we're 2022 now, aren't we? A Strider yeah. fight, you got, you got a beat so That was 18 months ago then, Andy. Though. Yeah, lost. Yeah, that's right. He was doing okay, wasn't he? He got a Strada down, and then he got yeah. knocked out. I remember he got badly wobbled, didn't he? And then yep. he, he stopped him in the 11th. Well, there you go. Then That was a good 18 months ago. These guys have been sitting on the shelf, Andy. That's the thing, mate. You think I think personally, it's the end. You know, I think after well, obviously the fight's off now, but well, it's been going to get happen at some point, hopefully. But the Gonzalez uh, Strada fight, and I think after that fight and this one, two of them are going to be no more. I think they're uh, retired after it, and that to be honest with you. Um, I actually forgot these two guys actually fought in a, in a fight. God, it must be about six, seven years ago, whatever it was. Um, and I seem to remember then um, Quadras doing no bad early doors, which he seems to do. Um, and then he got a bad cut because the ring was coming on strong and I'm sure he, he looked for a way out. And I think he went to the cards or a technical decision type thing. Um, I think that's how he ended up winning the fight. But um, uh, at this point, mate, ring Visay, I think you see he's had problems outside the ring. His, his wife left him. Uh, that type of thing. Obviously, COVID's just kind of like shut up shop for a fair few countries and that guy's going to be able, able to fight. You just don't know what the form guy is, you know, especially for Quadras at least. Going off, going off, the Strada fight, inactivity, at least Rungvisai has been a wee bit active as such. He has been, you know, beating opponents now. I'm going to say Rungvisai does it. Uh, if, he, if, he, if he remembers the jab at least, I think he'll win it on points possibly. Um, maybe if he if he has still got the engine about him, if he's still got that hunger about him at least, and that if he starts pressing the fight later on, he might get a late stoppage and that. But I'll, I'll say Rungvisai points. But I'm not saying it with any great confidence, to be honest, because I agree with you as well, mate. There's just, there's just been too much, you know, time lag for these guys that outside the ring and that. So, um, but it's something to look forward to, at least. But I think after this one, one of them will be, or the loser will retire, I think, after this one. Why do you assume his wife leaving him is a bad thing? <laughs> I was going to say that, but I thought not. Well, he's not going to be making his dinner for him anymore, is he? <laughs> You're married. I could say these things. I could sit here like no one to fucking hear this shit. So I'll, I'll say whatever the fuck I want. Man. You, you, you go ahead and preserve your marriage. I'm for you. <laughs> I'm going to hey. say though, Andy, I got that confused with the whole situation. If you see, if you said to me who's the WBC super flyweight champion, it could be one of about four fighters. I couldn't even tell I you which one. Can, of them I didn't. It's a fuck. It's a vacant belt. I fucking forgot about <laughs> who was the champ again. Was it? Was it no Estrada? No. It was Estrada against Gonzalez. Yeah. So he's been put up the franchise. As for it, he's been put up the franchise champion. Oh, that's course. right. He went to franchise. Yeah, you're quite right. Fucking quite right. They got a good replacement for for him against Gonzalez, though. Uh, yes. What yes. the hell? Uh, was Julio Cesar Martinez, wasn't it? Yeah, drug cheat. Uh, the 112 mm-hmm. pound champion, that yeah. you know, they're all we talked about that earlier. They're all fucking drug cheats. Fucking let them let the good ones fight the good ones. But that's 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 a good fucking replacement fight right there. I don't, I'm, I, I think I'm, you I'm can actually, beat him. I'm actually, um, Martinez, he has that come forward bull like fighter, but I just think with Gonzalez's combination punching and that, I think he'll catch him up, you know, through the middle. Underneath. See, and I'm thinking the I'm 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 on the opposite. I think what's going to catch him is the fact that 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 uh, Martinez throws such awkward punches from such wide angles. I think he's going to get nah. caught with something around the guard he doesn't see. Don't see it. 
I just did not see it. It, it's all about that exchange we're talking about, though, Andy. Yeah, it, it, yeah. We're talking about the same exchange in the ring, and it all depends on what lands harder. But we've never seen Martinez up in this type of levels before. I know it's a past prime chocolatito we're talking about here, but there's levels. And as I say, if he wins, and wins well, and that fair play to the kid and that, but I just think Gonzalez has still got a wee bit about him still. Mm. Yeah, he has shown that. Yeah, it's past the parcel on this title, Ozzy. I'm looking at it now. So, Rungvisai was the champion 13. He lost it to Quadras in 14, who then went on a little run, who lost it to Gonzalez in 16, who lost it back to Saw Rungvisai in 17, who defended it against Gonzalez in 17, who then beat Estrada in 18, who then lost it to Estrada in 19, who then beat Quadras in 20, beat Gonzalez in 21, and now it's back to Rungvisai and Quadras again in 2022. Oh, it, it's a bit of a mess. Superfly! Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really understand why, but like, like you said, you said it the best. It's like a pass the parcel, isn't it? Oh, you've not had a go for a little while, so we'll get you involved. And then actually, At least they're fighting you know, each other, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. Do you know what? I'd, I'd rather see that than, you know, these these punks who just get random opportunities. Um, I'd probably side again with Rungvisai, to be honest, uh, in this. I think... Matty probably said it the best that he's probably got more in the tank left compared to Quadras. Um, still a good fight, still one that you know I'll be looking to watch as well. Um, and yeah, the, the, the usually that's the best thing about these little weights, isn't it? That they've kind of no choice but to fight each other because the money isn't there in you know fighting absolute no marks. So usually the best do fight the best. So I don't mind seeing this again, and we'll go with wrong eye on points. So how many fights we've had between this uh, between these four now is about seven, I want to say. Yes, seven or eight. That's amazing yeah. that to think about it, you know, because we can't even we can't mm. even get fucking Spence fucking uh, Crawford, Crawford to fight once. You know, it took Manny Pacquiao and maybe the best part of a decade to get in the ring. That's what I mean about these little fights. The the money is not there, you know, fighting a a tick over defence. So uh, it's one of them from where they'll get the big dough fighting each other. But, you know, they'll have a couple of losses, but you'll still watch them if it makes for a good fight. See, to be honest, actually, the future of the division, I know it's not a great card, to be honest with you, on, on, on the zone, mm. but, but the future of the division at flight or the weir weights, that Jesse Rodriguez is fighting on that card, 10-rounder. Yeah, you're uh, big on him, Andy, aren't you? Yeah, I'm massive on him. Eddie's just confirmed his signature, I think it was during the week there, actually. Um, when, when do you think they'll look to step him up big time to world level, Andy? They were looking to do it in his last fight, mate. No, his fight, but his mm. previous fight, they were trying to get him in for one of the WBA titles, but it's been caught up by the right, situation okay. with the unification. Then Kai, Kai Gucci right. signed with Eddie as well, but he's oh, out injured. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying, he's, yeah. He's yeah. a champ, and they've got this vacant belt, or this interim belt, is it Bermudez, I think his name is? Well, that's who Rodriguez was meant to be fighting. Anyway, WB uh, refused to sanction it, so he was, he was forced to fight some incubus at Sol Juarez, I think it was, possibly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, as I say, I, I like this kid. I like to see him stay at 108 for maybe a couple of years, pick up a few belts, maybe even unify before he goes to 112. But to me, he is, he is the future of the lower weight classes. Indeed. I want to keep an eye out for on the undercard there. Jesse Rodriguez, flyweight against Fernando Diaz. Raymond Ford against Edward Vasquez. Um, uh, Battle of the Unbeatens could be a decent one as well. Jamie Mitchell, who was last seen at Bantamweight, defeating Shannon Courtney. He's going in against Carly Skelly and Khalil Coe against Dylan O'Sullivan. Uh, they could be real people, for all I know. They could. They oh, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I, I don't agree with that women's fight. How, how is that for a world title? Carly Skelly, like... You know, f- fantastic opportunity for her and things like that. But 
you know, she's she's fought what? Well, two ten rounders. She's had five fights. How is she ranked by the WBA? You know, she's not got any meaningful wins. She's never boxed for that. She's never won. She's won a last title in a in a last fight against you know somebody who literally looks like Shirley Carter on EastEnders, Doral to Norek, who got banged out off Shannon Courtney. It's I, I just I don't see why this should be for a world title. You know. I would rather see fewer world title fights happen in women's boxing at the moment, but for those who deserve it, rather than, you know, just getting a random opportunity. This is the equivalent, realistically, sending like a Commonwealth title level fighter to America to get an opportunity for a world title. It really is. It's um, I'm trying to think who got it. Do you remember when Jason Wellborn got a random opportunity against Jarrett Hurd? Yes, yes. It's probably It's probably the equivalent of this, but a bit less as well. It's just, I don't agree with it. It doesn't sit right with me, you know. Like, I get it, you know, it's like a first defence, you know, in America after she's won. But come on, get, get a better opponent than uh, than Carly Skelly, you know. It's just it's just plucked from absolute thin air. It's bizarre. 35, five fights, and she's fighting for a world title. It's not as if she knows she's a top-decorated amateur with a fast-track in her. Do we have to accept, I suppose, the fact that it's watered down, it's 10-2s, and even though it's technically a world title, <laughs> it's going to sound really mm -hmm. condescending, but it's a women's world title. So it's in the context of the fact that Mitchell and Skelly maybe aren't that far apart. And even though it is for a world, a world belt, like I said, yeah. it's all watered down. Yeah, possibly, I guess. I mean, look, it's you're not going to have many people like me sat there watching the card thinking it's an absolute, absolute disgrace that this is for a world title, but... Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about, you know, trying to treat it the same. And if I'm going to judge, you know, one world title fight and criticise it because, you know, for example, the Trevor Bryan fight, you know, that, that guy, I don't care that he was, a, you know, if you get a four-week replacement, in my opinion, you can get somebody better than that punk who fought Trevor Bryan. So in, in this case, Carly Skelly wasn't a last-minute replacement. You can get somebody who, you know, somebody far more worthy, go and get, you know, in that division, um, get somebody who's a lot better, and give them an opportunity. But I get your point, Steve. It is a watered-down product. So we probably will have to, you know, somewhat accept some of these random, you know, defences. I mean, Ebony Bridges is fighting for a world title again. Um, so she'd have fought for two world titles in three fights. She's of no great, you know, ability. But it just shows that, you know, basically if you've got a promoter behind you, you can do anything in women's boxing, you know, four fights and you get a world title opportunity. Yeah, like Mr. Dermo says there, and we've said it before on here, you stick it on, say you've got a world title fight, even though they're going getting paid a few grand each, cheap as chips. So why wouldn't you do it, I suppose? Uh, on to the next card before we talk about Eddie, purse bids, value of the weeks, question from Danny Young, etc. Matty, undercard of this big pay-per-view in the Michelob Ultra Arena in Las Vegas, Thurman against Barrios in the main event. On the undercard, we've got Luis Neri against Carlos Castro in a good undercard fight. Fernando Vargas against Cody Kaboski, Enrico Gogakia against Kent Cruz, we're scraping the barrel here, Leo Santa Cruz against Keenan Carbiel, and a, a decent fight on paper, actually, Abel Ramos against Lucas Santa Maria. I seem to remember Santa Maria, uh, 24 years of age, 
going against Devin Alexander. It was on one of those David Morell undercards, possibly. You no, know, Santa Maria, all he did really to beat Alexander that night was be fresher and work harder because this is a kind of close to washed version of Devin Alexander. But he will come to fight. Abel Ramos will come to fight. I expect Ramos to win. But that, alongside the Neri fight, not saying it's massively pay-per-view worthy. I mean, how much is this? $75 maybe you might have to shell out for it. But the pick of the undercard, Santa Maria, Ramos, and definitely Neri Castro for me, Matter. I thought was I thought there was someone else that was supposed to be fighting Ray. So did I actually? Has somebody fallen off? Hosa, wasn't it Josecito Lopez? Maybe something tells me this was stronger, like last week when I was reading it. But maybe it was the Santa Cruz fight I was thinking of. I can't remember. I think it was. I think it was supposed to be Josecito Lopez that was fighting um, uh, Ramos. But uh, yeah, it's a good card. Um, I, I think that uh, I think that Carlos Castro um, is going to uh, beat the snot out of uh, out of Luis Neri, and uh, that'll make uh, Andy and I happy because I think that's going to be back to back knockout defeats for the guy. Didn't Castro uh, get iced by Top Rank and then PBC picked him up? I seem to think something like that. You might be right. I think you so, might I think be right. So. That would have been... Castro's undefeated. Yeah, yeah, I and... think top when top rank wasn't he the ones they got rid of. They got fed up with him for some. I can't remember the reason in it, even though he's, he's he didn't lose, and he's ended up with the PBC. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So, um, it, but I th- I think that's gonna I think that should be a good fight because Neriel he's come to fight and he will uh, he'll get his licks in before getting knocked out. Yes. Yes. Um, what I what I think is interesting about uh, the Santa Cruz fight, his opponent is uh, five foot ten, definitely the naturally bigger guy. He has a uh, a uh, resume full of absolute garbage, and uh, his opponents that have okay records, their uh, their ledger is full of garbage. Um, so it would be a shock for this kid to to beat Leo Santa Cruz where he's coming from, but he's definitely got the dimensions just to make it a very frustrating night. If if Santa Cruz doesn't have his heart in it anymore, who knows? Um, but um, yeah, um, other than that, I yeah, I think this should be a really entertaining uh, card full of knockouts. But I'm sure we'll get to the main event in a second. But uh, the the undercard definitely definitely looks solid, and it's uh, it's it's um, I expect some fireworks there for sure. Um, so it'll keep us up stateside, uh, whereas you guys will be slumbering, I'm sure, while this action is going on. Yeah, it'll be Sunday morning for me. I'll not be staying up for it. But I'm looking forward to the main event, Ozzy, which we'll move on to right now. Uh, Keith Thurman against Mario Barrios at 147. Some interesting glove gate going on. Apparently, once you get in and around a certain weight class, obviously the gloves transfer from 8 ounces to 10 ounces. Barrios, even though it's supposed to be at 8 ounces, has been re- has been requesting 10-ounce gloves for a 147 fight. A few people are saying that it doesn't mean anything. It's maybe to do with hand trouble. Other people are saying Barrios wants Thurman to have the heavier gloves. Maybe he's worried about the punching power. Do you read anything into this, Aussie, this type of thing? Or is it maybe mind games or something that we shouldn't really pay too much attention to? Uh, possibly, actually. And I think both are fair points because uh, I think Barrios is... I think, is this the highest he'd have operated at 147? Yes. If this is... Yeah, so I mean, look, seven pound is big, you know. When this guy's operating, you know, typically around well as low as one thirty, I think, and you know, he's now up at one four seven. That seven pound can make a hell of a difference. Um, I mean, look, I think Davis can punch as hard as you know, literally some welterweights. So he surely can take a shot without a doubt. Uh, that's saying, you know, it is different when a bigger man is hitting you as well. Um, it could well be due to hand issues, you know, that extra bit of padding could make, you know, a big sort of difference. So I, I don't know myself. Uh, I've not, I, I hadn't seen that actually. So I, I find it quite interesting. 
Um, however, it's one of them. I mean, we, we really don't know what Thurman has got left, do we? We've not seen Thurman since, you know, 2019. You know, he, he said a bit of stuff in the media. You know, a few videos here and there have been seen and stuff like that. But we have no idea what, you know, Keith Thurman, you know, could come out um, come out and operate like. I think it's a fairly decent opponent, actually. I'm quite looking forward to it. You know, Barrios is coming off, you know. Uh, I think he was fairly, not last minute, but, you know, I don't think he had, you know, the biggest of prep for Davis, was it? You know, because he should have been, he should have been um, Davis should have been fought in that, fighting that bloke who had the, uh, was it Raleigh Romero or something like that? Who had We're talking the, about uh, that happening again now. Um, no, the, yes. The, uh, that, was bef- that was well before. He had a full camp for that one. Uh, ah, did he? Right, okay. That was yeah. the one that ended up with Isaac Cruz in December. Ah, right, okay. Right, yeah. yeah. So he... Um, but no, it, it's interesting actually. I'm I'm quite looking forward to it. I think I will probably side. I could end up with egg on my face. Probably side with Thurman actually, because whilst you know the last time we did see him against Manny Pacquiao, um, I, I rate Thurman. I think he's decent. Um, I, I don't think you know you do become a bad fighter overnight. He's got some good wins. He's got skills, and he is naturally the bigger guy in this. And if we do look and read into Glovegate, you know, as what he thinks it is, and is Barrios worried about that? You know, A, if it's hand injuries, what boxer is good if you've got damaged tools? Or B, he's worried about the shot, you know, the power of Thurman. Uh, it's going to be interesting. So I'll probably side with um, with Keith Thurman. Um, I'll be impressed if he gets him out of there. I don't think he will. I think he'll probably take it on points. Yeah, Thurman's hair is fast disappearing, Andy, like the rest of us, I suppose. How far is his skills eroding? That's the thing. He feels like a part-time fighter to me. I made my feelings known a few weeks ago. I'm going for Barrios on this one. Not with any great amount of conviction, but I don't know. I just feel like Thurman, the injuries, the time off, he's a part-time fighter. Here's a question for you, actually, Andy. If Barrios does indeed beat him convincingly, there's no major controversy ruling out the rematch. Do you think Thurman will jack it in? Or is he going to be one of those guys who never really jacks it in? He kind of floats back every few years and we never know if he's retired or not. I think he'll be happy to come back if if the money's right, mate. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I know how much money he's getting paid for this one, but... uh... He was going to be, was it Pacquiao? You know, he was going to be that, that saying, you no, know, the respects and the check and that. Mm-hmm. We just don't know what, you're right, we just don't know what he's got left. I've seen some videos of him in the gym and I know it's just hitting a bag and that, but clearly a guy just working on, on, on his cardio. I don't know if he's been in the gym at all over the last two, three years, not if he's been keeping shape. Um, I said it at the time, and I think we discussed it earlier on in the year when, when the card was, was announced. I do think Barry else would, would actually win this fight. Um, the thing about the gloves and that, I've, I've, I don't know what they make about it, to be honest with you. It'll probably give, as you say, a bit of pad and it'll help him cover up his face a wee bit as well uh, in, in terms of defence and that. Um, I think people are going to be surprised as to how big Barrios is going to be, be compared to Thurman, I think, on the night because even though he's not got the £7 to cut, you know, like he would be for 140 and that, you know, he'll do it, they will say, nice and easy. But uh, I'll be interested to see how he how he weighs going into the ring. Because I think Furman usually, Matt, you probably be able to tell me better than that. But it was uh, like one the high one fifties, one sixty mark. Maybe Furman rehydrates to. Yeah, right. And about that, he's so, he he might get up towards one sixty. You know, he's he's not a massive welterweight. Yeah, activity, stamina, time. I've got to go with Barrios and force. I mean, I've got to go Barrios points. Um, if he does, I, I do expect Furman possibly to retire. Um, but he's just been a career. He, he, he spoke good things, you know, when when he was coming through. And that he wanted to be, 
you know, one of the greats and that, it just hasn't happened really for him, um, one, one way or the other and that, you know, or the money comes down to it at the end of the day as well, possibly, but um, at this point, three years of inactivity, you know, regardless of what Barrios went through in his last fight, I've got to still say he's fresher, he's not cutting the weight, um, just the thing about the gloves and that, I don't know what, the, what to make about that, you'd think if you want a chance to try and win by knockout, you want to try and take the smaller gloves and that, but um, yeah, I'll go Barrios points. Andy, it's not really the time at the moment for the Thurman obituary just yet, but it's such a strange transition. We were talking about, obviously, we did the punches from the past recently on Brona Maidana, and Thurman's name came up at one point. He was chasing Floyd. He was knockouts for life. He was supposed to fight Maidana on his HBO debut. Maidana's team ended up saying they didn't have enough time. Thurman ended up fighting Orlando Laura. We got to the bottom of it in the end. And then Thurman went around the time, I think, was it? Bondu or one of the fights when all of a sudden he went from the knockout guy to the kind of safety first guy and the whole career trajectory changed and he, he was a lot more safety first and this could just be the way I'm remembering it but all that whole rhetoric that whole talk about greatness seemed to slip away and he become a lot more methodical he was up in the you know in the Nepalese mountains and I suppose when you get paid so much money you don't want to get punched in the head but it was weird the way things changed with his attitude. I don't know what it was, mate. I mean, was it no after one of the... Was it the Karas fight? It might, might have been. Have... I thought something said it was Bundu, but I could be well wrong. He, this was I, before Bundu, I'm sure. I, right. I, there was... So when he... Um, when he fought Diego Chavez, I think it was, he did get the knockout, but he got hurt nasty to the body in that fight. That's and what it was. Ever since Remember then... He, he, off like, he was cycling like for ages after yeah, that shot. Ever since then, people have been targeting his body and he's been more on the back foot. Osacito Lopez, Matty, do you remember? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and Pacquiao hurt him to the body and uh, Louis Colazzo hurt him to the body. Uh, let, I don't I don't remember if Bundu got to him or not. Um, I, I, I was looking back. Oh, that's funny. I was looking at Bundu's record today. That guy had a, for an old guy, he had a really good run of fights there getting into yeah, the, good European into the level fights. Champion. He really was. He Matty, really was. you're right. Sorry. The thing about Bundu was, I remember it wasn't that he got hurt by Bundu, but didn't he knock him down in the first round? And we thought, oh, here we go. Yeah. He's just going to finish him off. And then he boxed for the whole 12 and people yep. were getting fed up. They're like, what's going on here? Why hasn't yep. he finished him off? Yeah. You know? He just, yeah. He, it, and he just, he just continued to box him, um, in that. So it was, it's, but you have to, it's funny because, you know, everybody thinks like late stage Robert Guerrero spending all that time on his ass and stuff. Guerrero had an iron chin, man. Thurman was the guy who cracked that chin. He dropped him in the 10th round of when they fought, I think it was. Um, and he, he's, is, he is a real puncher. He, I mean, he has hurt every single fighter I have seen him face. Every single fighter I've seen him face. Pacquiao said that the right hand that Thurman hit him with in the 11th round, I think it was in their fight, was as hard as any punch that Margarito landed on him. Um, Major answer in there, but the glove situation. Barrett's yeah, probably heard that. Yeah, he. So it's it, if if Keith wanted to sit on the front foot more, he can still punch, but he is wide and he's susceptible, and he is susceptible with those body shots too. Um, with Berrios wanting those gloves, it makes me really interested. I'll tell you, Oz, your 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 pick of Thurman on points that's paying about plus three fifty right now at the bookmakers. Um, Keith is uh, minus one eighty two. He's he's a he's a, not a huge favorite, but he's a good favorite. Thurman uh, by knockout is the favored choice of the books right now. 
Um, and it's just, and I mean, I understand what you're saying, Andy. I mean, because Berrios is tall, but he has nothing in his legs. He was fighting at 130 pounds six, seven fights ago, and and although he mm-hmm. filled into the into the weight well, he just got knocked out by a lightweight. We yeah, need but... to get a betting sponsor, Matty. You seamlessly slid into that, man. I know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it's, I, I just, I think I, this is going to be a battle of the mid range, I think. And it's, it's, and I I'm really, th- coming. <laughs> I, I, I think, I really think that Thurman, I, 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 I think Thurman is going to knock him out. I, 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 uh, Thur- I, I've talked myself into it. I'm, I'm with the books. The most likely outcome is Thurman's going to knock him out. And that's probably what's going to happen unless he's completely ring rusted. Um, the good news is that that's plus money. So if you want to, uh, hedge that with Berrios by any method, uh, you can make it so that if Keith knocks him out or Berrios wins by any method, uh, you're coming out, uh, coming out with money. What do you think? So- no, I'm sticking with my point, really. I mean, where you said, Andy, is he completely ring rust? I find it hard to believe he hasn't got any sort of ring rust whatsoever because he's not boxed since 2019. And again, as far as I'm aware, it's not as if, you know, he's been, you know, had, had camps and fights have fallen through. I know we've had a pandemic, but, you know, every fighter can't use that as an excuse now because, you know, he's not even had a tick over fight, like an eight rounder or something, just to get rid of that ring rust. So I think, you know, I'll be amazed if he adopts uh, a tactic of what he used to do about the knockouts when he could be vulnerable. He doesn't know what that body's going to be like. Exactly. I think he'll box and move. So uh, unless he breaks him down um, and, you know, he he sees uh, a fatigued Barrios down down the stretch and he feels he can't be hurt by him, that's when he might step on the gas tank. But then we've seen that already. You know, even when you know he's been on top, he's laboured to points wins when he probably could have got fighters out of there. So I think he'll look to box and move and get that on points. I'm surprised that the stoppage is actually a betting favourite, given the recent, you know, obviously taking away the Pacquiao thing where he lost, but his previous wins prior to that, I think we're all on points. So I'm shocked at that. But yeah, I'm certainly sticking with Thurman on points. Um, and I think it's a pretty decent value, actually. You're going with Barrios, think... Steve, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going with Barrios, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it, actually. I think it's going to be a good scrap. Uh, forget about Robert the Ghost Guerrero. Robert the Ghost Kelly has jumped on the call. Good evening, Rob. He's disappeared again. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he is a ghost. Have you ever seen a ghost, Matty? Uh, you know, I'll tell you, I've never seen a ghost, but I've had some shit happen in my house that absolutely defies any anything logical that you could explain. Oh, go on, tell us, tell us one. So I used to have there. I had this absolute bottle uh, that had a uh, that had a. It was like shy, It had like an orange disco kind of cover on it, and I'm like redneck as fuck. So I decided to hang it up, and the top, the cap on it had a, uh, you know, it's a place where you could slip in and tie something off on it, completely enclosed, right? So I tied it up and hung it off this hook. One night, it came falling down, and the knot was still in it where I had it tied, so there was no way that it could have fallen on that. The top wasn't broken off at all. It None of it makes sense. It, it's it, There was no rational explanation whatsoever. But good news for me is only my family has lived in this house. I'm the fourth generation to own it. So it's probably just, you know, like uh, my great-grandma pissed off that I'm banging some hoes. Str- str- struggling for content this week or no? Let's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
Hey Rob, talking a bit of Thurman Barrios, that's right up your oh, street, yeah. here you go. Um, I'll tell you what, right? Uh, I like Mario Barrios because he kind of sounds like Marion Barry, the, the mayor of DC who was famously caught smoking crack. Uh, and he looks a bit like that as well, doesn't he, Mario, Mario Barrios? So I'm going to go for him on activity over Thurman. It's time to get Thurman the fuck out of here, man. He had his chance fucking five or six years ago. Uncle Al paid him too much money. No objection to the fighters getting paid too much money. But this is the fucking product. This is what we get. We get sound bites from Thurman for the last few years that are more interesting than his fight. So it's time for Thurman to go. Get the fuck out of here. I'm sick of him being the name, the kind of... Uh, what is he like the gatekeeper into the welterweight division? But he only fights every two years. Yes, fuck what him. A fucking loss. Fuck one. him. I don't give. Fuck him. Time to go. He should have beaten Pacquiao. That was his time. He's out. He's out of here. Uh, you team suck. Barrios. I hope you can never get a visa again. Team Barrios. Although, like, when was the last time Thurman knocked anyone out? As well, by the way, one time Thurman. Fuck off, Thurman. Time to go. Time to go. I need the new blood. I need Mario Barrios in here. It's all about the TikTokers and the fucking. Cut off denim jackets and the fucking face tattoos. That's where, I, that's where I'm yeah, at Rob, now. One time Thurman is old news. That's a good question, you know, because the Colazo, which was seven years ago, was retirement. Then Diaz, which was eight years ago, was retirement. He hasn't knocked anyone out since Carras, which was nine years ago. He kind of hasn't knocked anybody out since he went <laughs> up in class, has he, Keith Thurman? But he's still talking like he knocks them all out. So, I love, look, at I liked him. I think he... The point I'm making about Keith Thurman is that, in my opinion, he underachieved for a guy who was talked up so much. Um, there was clearly a void there in the welterweight division. It was t- his time to go and make it all about him and, and kind of he had star quality, but he just wasn't good enough to be a star in my book. So let's give Mario Barrios a chance. Give him, give him a chance to be. In a, he seemed like a really nice kid as well in the, the build up to the Davis fight. So I'm rooting for him, regardless of the result. Hopefully he gets his hair brushed during the fight as well. Right, just before we, get, we we unleash the boys on the heavyweights, final two to you, Matty, briefly. Uh, Chase Athletics says 10 to 12 is the bet for Keith. Also, $75, but on the steep side for this one, Matt? $75, 10 to 12. I, I don't – I bet you if you narrow it, I don't know if there's numbers that specific right now, but uh, I, I bet, God, Chase, what are you getting on that? Probably like plus, plus 9, plus 10? I, I, you got to be getting 10 to one on that one ish. But I, I mean, that's, that's fucking tasty. If it's that high, I mean, if, if you're getting, God damn it, that's tasty. Now you have me thinking son of a bitch. Well, I guess I know what I'm going to blow 50 bucks on. Um, anyhow, not the pay per view. Don't be, don't be upset, Andy. Will you? 50, have, you want them to fucking quit the pot altogether. For fuck's sake. I have to find a way to pay for the pay-per-view Steve. So I got to make it by doing Regular this bet. Yeah, women, women's podcasts, pay per view, paying Andy. What we're going to do with him? Oh, mate, you'll need to get fucking give his own franchise on the side just to go and get some money and <laughs> pay off his gambling debts. What a fucking degenerate! Need to get an OnlyFans. Fuck, I man. She, oh, hey, we'll get to that and belly the week about AB almost appearing on OnlyFans oh, yes. again, eh? What a man. Oh, yes, don't worry about that. Legend. Uh, Des, Des says, and I agree with the sentiment, Thurman was the next star of 147, then just got civilised. He lost his edge, absolutely. Like I said before, if you're getting paid all that money to get punched in the head, and you're going to lose your edge. He, he smokes about four gram a weed a day in that, so, you know... <laughs> Well, let's, dude, not, let's not hold that against you. Them. Have no, but that much weed in the world. Like, do you see the shit that's going on? The guys hey, in right said Fred retweeted some Nazi propaganda. Right said Fred are Nazis. Now I can't even sing I'm Too Sexy anymore. Ah, there was a, thinking, look, I need look to wear back a at brown that shirt. 
I'm look up, looking back at that, Maddie, there was a few cute clues there, wasn't there? About <laughs> <being Nazis. laughs> I'm just saying, though, that fucking Keith Furman smokes four gram of weed a day, and how do you expect him to fucking fight? You know, so that guy just goes and fucking smokes it up, talks it up, and goes and plays a didgeridoo, gets married, and that's it. That's, that's what I smoke, man. I mean, that's a that's a, that's a good amount of dope. I I smoke four grams a day. Is a lot. Like, that's I a lot. smoked about two that's grams device, a day. <laughs> ounce a week. He's smoking an ounce a week. Not that I don't know the measurements, but I I say that's an ounce a week. <laughs> two, no, two two grams a day. I'm a I'm a half ounce a week. You're two gram a week, two gram a day. Yeah. Dude, man, fuck. What? Sake. Two gram a day. No, no wonder this thing's falling about in your house, Matty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wake up at like four thirty in the morning. Like I, 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 I gotta do things. I like like do the laundry and shit and I smoke a bowl and I watch the news. And shit. Yeah, I I, 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 work out with my resistance bands and then I fucking hit the bong. Yeah, it's, it's, it just is resistance bands. I like that vibe. What you training for? What's that? For what not being training? fat. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's move on to the fat boys then, just before we go on to Bell You the Week, episode 459. Rob's here with us, Ozzy, Andy, Matty, and me, Steve. Everybody in the chat seems like they're having a good time on this Sunday evening. Chase Athletics is throwing in the betting information, but Chase Athletics might be more interested in this question from Danny Young. I'm going to unleash the boys, and then I'm busting for a piss. With the purse be done and dusted, Andy, for Fury versus White, and an expected date for the end of April, do you think that the Usyk versus Joshua rematch needs to be at least a month after so that we can have a definitive champ? Also, says Danny, do you think that this helps the heavyweight division or do you think that this is almost a last hurrah for the division before the titles get split and we are back to crappy champions? Two questions in one from Danny there. We'll permit him that. What do you think about the whole situation, Andy? Um, just, just looking at the second part, I, I, I've been, I'm most surprised to see maybe the belt starting to kind of fragment a wee bit in that, um, especially if fights didn't start happening or dates that don't get set in stone for them to actually happen. I mean... Fury, uh, sorry, Fury's wanting to fight. It was March. I don't know if that's going to be soon for, you know, or if it's going to happen for Dillian White straight away in that. Um, but you'd expect at least April, May, or June. Um, Usyk's confirmed that he's no fighting now until after Ramadan. Um, I'm assuming with that talk um, that he's going to be fighting Joshua in Saudi Arabia. Um, I'm not too sure about that one. So I think a lot of things are up in the air just now. The politics side of this, uh, with the with the mandatory defences and that, um, probably another year at this rate, mate. I'm not too sure if we're going to get a unified championship at all, to be honest with you. I think there's still a few chess moves to get made here. I don't know what it is. Call it gut instinct. I just think something's in the works, shall we say. Um, just like how uh, Big Dog Frank came in there just pulled everybody's pants down with that 41 million, you know. So it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's an odd one. Money in the bank, death. Yeah, money in the bank, baby. But obviously, you know, Bob's come out and says that you know it seems to be a, basically a consortium: BT, ESPN, Frank, Bob. I think they're all kind of putting money up for us. Probably other sources and that as well. Um, and I think listen to Eddie and that. Basically, there wasn't really. I don't think he was really confident in it. To be honest with you, uh, I did like Frank's comment though when he came out and says, "Look, he's just done too much talking and that." You know, it's, it's what Eddie does. Like, he just keeps talking, keeps talking. He's advised Eddie, uh, advised Dylan White and that, that he needs him in order for leverage. Um, well, I don't know how that's worked out. That. I think Dylan must have found out how much he was going to be getting or how much Eddie was going to be bidding because he's apparently then went to Ben Shalom at Sky to try and see if he can get him to bid for it. Um, that's according to Frank Warren, at least. 
don't know if anybody else has come and confirmed that yet, but it's um, it's, a, it's 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 been good. It's been good fun actually, to be honest with you. Um, Eddie obviously kind of getting getting ribbed about the winning purse bids again, that type of thing, especially ones that matter at least. But um, the one that matters really for him is going to be Joshua and music. He's got to get those belts back somehow. Um, if he doesn't, and Fury, if White doesn't do the business against against Fury, and that is completely out of the picture. Um, and this is where I think where the politics might come into play here uh, before we get these fights and that. Because if Eddie gets his out of the picture and that, Joshua's kind of then left hanging, isn't he, really? So, I don't know yet at this point to, to answer Danny's question. What was the first part of it? Uh, the push but didn't dusted. Could you repeat the that? Definitive champ. Repeat what, mate? I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> uh, aye, so I'll hand it to mate. I'll, I'll probably add a wee bit more. Yeah. Um, JS2000 here, Rob, says, do we even need an undisputed champion? Fury is unquestionably be the best. He doesn't need to beat Usyk to prove that. Would be good to see that fight. Though you, For historical reasons, you need to see that fight, don't you? Yeah, but we need, we need, we do need unified champions. But this fucking, for the great, this whole soap opera has been basically played out since the negotiations first came into the public kind of um, psyche or whatever, the public awareness when... Wilder and Shelley Finkel uh, were going back and forward with Hearn yeah, about Anthony Joshua. This fucking heavyweight soap opera has been playing itself out since then. You know, since then, Fury's re-emerged. He's come back to the ring. He's had his fight with Wilder. As great as the three fights were with Wilder, do we need to see the third one? Absolutely not. We only saw the third one because of fucking arbitration and it only became interesting because... Um, Wilder had become deluded, sacked all his trainer, come up with all the excuses and that. That was the only thing that made that fight interesting. It, was, it turned out to be a great fight on the night, yes. It was the best of the three! Absolutely, no, but did we... Absolutely, but the, the result for me was never in doubt, even though Fury had a shaky a shaky couple of moments in the in the fight. I think he was in bad shape that night. Um, that was postponed as well. Like, this host, like for the as great as the three fights um, that it threw up were, has it been worth enduring this fucking public spectacle that we've had to have between the three of them for fucking and with with bit part players like Usyk and Dillian White then making up the making up the running as well in, in all the negotiations. It's an absolute fucking shambles. I've never in my life heard so much bullshit about fucking purse purse bids and purse splits and fucking networks and who should fight who and step aside and he does want to step aside. He doesn't want to step aside. He'll never step aside. He's considering the step aside now Fury is ducking Usyk. Fucking greedy. The fuck is going on, man? Like, it's just just get in and fucking fight each other for fuck's sake. Nobody gives a shit about all of this. I don't anyway. Certainly don't. I don't give a shit which promoter puts it on. I don't care if Eddie wins the purse bid or Frank Warren wins the purse bid. I couldn't give a flying fuck as long as the fights get made. Um, Usyk and Tyson Fury, I reckon, are two willing guys. I think Joshua is in a bit of a... Uh, because he's such a commercial machine, He he's obviously at a crossroads and he has decisions to make about how he goes forward because realistically the business could come to a grinding halt if and when he gets beaten by Usyk for the second time, which is looking more likely now. So I don't think we'll ever see the Fury-Joshua super fight, which is a pity because the Usyk, the step aside would have allowed for that if Fury had beaten Usyk, which is not straightforward, by the way. As, as big as the size difference is there, it's probably not. Usyk could end up coming out the one that's fucking smiling after all of this we're beating them all because uh, they're not going to fight each other and that's the that's the thing that's pissing me off the most we never got to see the Joshua Fiore fight which was the biggest money fight biggest spectacle biggest fucking 
fight we could get made in the heavyweights and it's probably never going to happen now because I think Usyk is going to beat Joshua and Fury and Usyk. Well, it's a, probably a better fight. It's not a bigger fight. It sounded like the the, the deal was in to be made. Fifteen million was on the table, and then Joshua was come back and asked for, for the an additional five million. Well, that's uh, the talk. But like, do you know? Do you know how I'll be you, able to you, tell that? This is all I'll be able to tell that a there is a God and b that God hates us. But the thing yeah, is, but... hold on, hold on. Is is if for some fucking reason in hell, Joshua beats Usyk. And White beats Tyson Fury, so we get another fight I between about that Joshua. Yeah. And I mean, Joshua's yeah. going to be then uniform. God hates us. Yeah, if, if that, that doesn't mean... seal the deal, <laughs> that God hates us, and only bad things are to be expected. I, I don't know what too. will. Well, I mean, it could happen. They'd all deserve it, wouldn't it? If they ended up fucking exactly. with him on the face after all this, because they pissed the, it all away the two, between a lot of them. The longer it took to get these fights made, that it was always going to happen at some point. That one of them was going to come a cropper. Fury almost came a copper against Wilder a couple of times. Joshua came a copper against Ruiz. Usually could have come a copper against Bredis. Um So yeah, White obviously got fucking iced off Povetkin. But as we say, you know, the pissed about and the pissed opportunity away. Falling yeah, nearly, very nearly right. got the fury on the cut. Yeah, that was exactly, that was really a game over too. So and, and all the while, here's fucking Otto Wallen gets dicked out of a high fight against White. And who would have gotten a stoppage victory against Tyson Fury in at least fifty percent of the countries that host boxing? Possibly. Exactly. That's a good point. It's a good point. But uh, it's it it. it does anybody else see this fucking Fury AJ fight? And if it does, it probably will happen. But if it does happen, it'll never have the same significance that it could have had last year when it was when we were expecting. Know, mate. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'll be one of the name things, but if it happens, it happens. You know, we'll wait and see. But it's just like for me, I think Fury's just the Fury has fucked with them mentally. He's camped in their heads, and that he's used the gad and Phelps to get the word out on the streets. You know about the step aside and all this type of thing. It's in forced Joshua to come out in response. He thought he had the deal there. Eddie saying, "Yeah, it's almost there." Next minute, it's not there. You know, White's fucking scrambling now. Yuzik's lying on a fucking snow-ridden beach on the Black Sea, waiting for the Russian the Russian dogs coming in here. No giving a fuck. He's waiting for his contract coming in. It's, people are saying, people are saying, but, the, but to ask him for more money at the last minute doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I like if he's willing is. to accept five million, fifteen million, and this is all talk and speculation and conjecture and all that, we don't know what the fuck has gone on. But if he, if he's asked for fifteen and he then and he's agreed fifteen, then he asked for twenty. What would be the point of that? Like squeeze extra five million? I don't understand it. He's either stepping aside or he ain't, which he ain't at the moment. Let's just get the fucking fights on and see where it lies after this. I'm tired of waiting. We're going to end up waiting, like Andy said, another year. Take six months to build a pay per view. Mm. Is it likely that these two are going to fight again? Like, if John, they're talking about Joshua for the summer, so is he going to fight again before the end of the year? I don't know. Um, I think it's beauty, you ponder the life chances are injuries and that type of thing. You see, you know, Eddie goes on about, you know, it takes a while to kind of program these type of shows. I mean, you would need massive, massive build-up. Like, probably need tours in uh, different countries not to try and build up the type of fights. And again, it depends where you're going to hold it. Who's got the biggest side fees and that as well. Go but, to the Middle East! Go to the Middle East. I earn your fucking money out there in a soulless fucking stadium. But, um... <laughs> it's, I, it's so crazy what's ending up there. So check this out. So Mika Brzezinski, who is the daughter of Big New Brzezinski, who is a foreign policy guy under Carter and shit like that. She's doing this thing with Forbes called the 50 Under 50, or 50 Over 50, which is a women's thing highlighting women who are excelling in business. Where are they having their world forum for women over the age of 50 at? Abu Dhabi. What the fuck? 
<laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Everything it, is in your own time, buddy. Oh dear. Here, Ozzy uh, Des says this is a massive for Matt in particularly with the zone move. They've controlled heavyweight boxing for a long while, and now they're out of the picture, and I can't see how they get back in. One thing I was going to say, piggybacking off the back of what Des is saying there, Oz. I've always thought that, especially if DAZN, BT come together, blah, blah, blah. If Fury's still boxing, which is a big if because he's so uh, enigmatic, you never know what he's going to do. I think he'll end up on Sky Pay-Per-View eventually. I can't see him wanting to work with DAZN or anything for a second. Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, I mean, that's in the future and that is stuff that will ultimately can be controlled by the powers that be in terms of Tyson Fury does what he wants, doesn't he? He fights mm. when he wants. He will fight where he wants as well. Um, going back to, you know, is it a big time for Matchroom? Um, they have controlled heavyweight boxing, but they've always had an outsider as well. It's not as if, you know, they've had all the belts in-house. There's always, you know, been somebody else involved. Um, and every time, you know, because Deontay Wilder has been that man. And, you know, it's easy to talk the talk, isn't it? We want to get this fight happening. But when Tyson Fury wasn't on the scene, you know, an undisputed fight couldn't be made then. Um, we seemingly got very close to an undisputed fight. You know, Hearn gave his, you know, his rigmarole of, you know, oh, there's no chance we're going to step aside. Then we might step aside. Then we will step aside. And then, you know, an hour to go, a couple of hours to go, uh, we want another five million uh, to step aside. Well, I'm sorry. No, the, the deal is 15 million. That is, that is literally the definition of free money, by the way. You don't have to do anything. You, you can sit there and do nothing and you get 15 million deposited in that bank account for stepping aside. Um, I think personally we do need to... I, I think the the Fury Usyk, uh, Fury Usyk, sorry, the uh, Usyk Joshua fight needs to happen relatively soon after. So I mean, we're, we're running April for um, Fury White. So so I think we we need it happening by the late June because then it it will allow a date in December. Now let's have it right. If an undisputed fight is going to happen, it's not happening in the UK. It's not going to happen in America. They're going to have these you know these Saudis, these wealthy Saudis that. Are we're going to put up stupid amounts of money. I think there was a rumoured site fee of about 145 million, something crazy like that. That is absurd cash. Um, that pays for your purses, you know, any sort of stuff. So that's where it's going to happen. If we continue to encounter delays, and as Andy said, all it takes is an injury, it's going to push it into next year. And I think, you know, then someone like Joe Joyce might then think, you know, if the WBO call their mandatory, Joe Joyce might think, why should I step aside? I could step aside. There is no guarantee this is going to happen. I'm going to take my opportunity. And if the belts become fragmented, it's curtains. Um, I do think it's important that we do um, have an undisputed, you know, champion. Is it the be-all and end-all? No. But when it's such a good fight in Tyson Fury against Alexander Usyk, I think that's a fight, you know, everybody wants to see. You know, tell me a boxing fan that doesn't want to see it. I still want to see Fury against Joshua down the line. still think it's a good fight. I think Fury pisses with it, but it's still a massive, massive fight. And Rob was right that, how that never happened, you know, and, it's, and it all comes down to politics. And with, you know, big deals been made about the purse bids and, you know, you've had, you know, sides of, you know, BT and um, supporting Frank and stuff like that coming out. You've had supporters of Matchroom saying, oh, yeah, Eddie's done a good job. Pepper Pig could pay these fucking purses for me. I don't get any percentages of these purses. And as long as the fighters get paid, 
it doesn't bother me whatsoever. If I was getting a 10, 15, 20% cut, I'd be interested who's going to pay it, but I'm not. So I don't care who's going to pay it. It's all about making the right fights happen. And, you know, if it takes purse bids to force every decent fight to happen, that's great. But, you know, we, we've got to see it. And, I, you know, it's and, and Frank was right, really, you know, about you can slag him off for all you want. But, you know, Warren was the one, you know, remember, pre-arbitration, he was the one guy saying, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There is still an arbitration going on here. Yeah, there is still an arbitration going on. Let's not jump ahead of ourselves. And what happened? The arbitration proved in Deontay Wilder's favour. And yet again on this one, Warren was never coming out, you know, providing daily updates, you know, about how negotiations are going, how involved he was. I'm not 100% sure, but he clearly had some involvement because he's going to put that fucking purse bid in. So he must have had some clout in these negotiations whatsoever. The fact Ben Shalom rang him, you know, an hour before, again, that's last chance. It would have been interesting had it happened 24 hours prior if something could have been done. Shalom representing Dillian White. Dillian White more within his favour, by the way, to do that. He owes her nothing, by the way. You know, he's a free agent. He purposely does that because he can go and do things like this. Sky could have then took... If Sky had have won the bid, White would have been the, in brackets, home fighter, you know, because Shalom was representing Dillian White. In the end, it didn't happen. What I do find bizarre is that since the purse bid, we have not heard a peep from two people who have banged the fuck on for months about Dillian White getting his opportunity. Years, Years we've not heard a peep. Dillian White is uploading pictures of his dogs. He's probably trying to get a score off him like he did in that Oscar Rivas fight where he got his drugs from. And um, <laughs> you've got and you've got Eddie Hearn, who again does what he do, does what he does. He's gone missing. He's not mentioned, you know, a massive fight, by the way, which he bid. And you know, it's a fantastic bid what Hearn put in, by the way. A world record if it wasn't for Warren's bid. Huge bid. Not a peep at all, and I just find it odd. You know, find it really, really odd. It, it's it reeks of. It's you gonna know, come. It's gonna come on Monday, isn't it? His, his Kogan interview has been lined up for tomorrow morning. Like yeah, he gets a weekend special. to put it, yeah. put a spin on it, and put his spin on it, and fucking well, sell it. Well, we've already seen the spin, haven't we? You know, Fury is apparently ducking music now. Fury is ducking music. It, it's it's odd, isn't Even it? it is, but, yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous to say that and. He is the guy that ultimately, you know, who was the one who put the, the rematch clause in? Eduardo. Who is the one that encouraged Joshua to act, activate the rematch clause? Eduardo, thus stopping a potential unification fight. He should have put um, the fucking rematch clause in the post bids in. Mm. He's like yeah, how does that work, the... actually? How does it work? Now it's gone to purse bids then. I think if Fury was to lose... I don't think he's entitled to a rematch, is he? Well, see, the other thing as well, mate, is, is, is the money, right? So, as you say, you know, Dylan White's been oddly quiet. He's been banging on now for the best mm-hmm. part of whatever, him, and all his fans about all his 300 days, 500 days, or whatever type of thing. He asked for 10 million quid, I think, for his fight. Right? He's getting just under, just over seven. But there's also a, four, uh, a 10%, you know, I think it's an additional 4 million on the back of that. So, say, say he's earning yeah. 8 million for this person, he's going to make 2 million more than what he actually initially uh, demanded. So if he really backs yeah, himself, I, I, the fight. Well, I, I, I know he's actually lost out and what. So had it have not gone to purse bids, I know he was offered. I think it was five and a half million plus twenty five percent of you know 
pay-per-views and gate receipts. So he would have ended up, I think, with more than what he's actually got from the purse. He obviously does get this, you, you know, you've got a 10% bonus, but you've got to win to do that. I don't give him a chance in this fight at all. So, I mean, you know, he, you know, I, I don't, the I don't give like, him a chance either. I don't give him a shot either, but I, I, so, so I we, don't have a problem with him disappearing because all the bullshit, if, if I'm him, um, all the all the fucking talk and all the bullshit has been done now. Like he has to stop talking and go and train because he's fucking gonna. He's in for he's in for a heavy night. Like any. So if I was him, I'd go quiet too. Like I think. Well, I say it's like we have twelve million, right? So that's, that's obviously a clear. If he wins the fight, twelve million he picks up for that. But if you talk like obviously the paper view sales on top of that, so he's gonna have to then go out there and do his his marketing piece and that. He's maybe then want to be hassled with that. But if you have to drive the paper view sales up and that to make sure you get more money in the back end, then you go to do your bit. Dilly White doesn't strike me as a guy that could fucking pull that off, to be honest with you. He's born as shit. You know, this fight's mm-hmm. going to be on pay-per-view in the States, too. Depends if he Absolutely. gets... Absolutely. Yeah. ESPN, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've already in said the afternoon. So was Adam going to offer yeah. like, uh, on, the, on the American sales as well? They said that on the broadcast last night, didn't they? It was right. going to be ESPN pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's ESPN pay-per-view. I think a big thing as well, the reason Queensbury have gone in it solely is because Top Rank have got a deal with Sky in the UK to show all their content. Now, had Top Rank have won the bid, it then opens up, you know, Fury's got an exclusive deal with BT. What do you do? You, you kind of, you know, you've got, you, you're stuck there because uh, you've got... I said, are they both the on, Sky sorry. and BT? Sorry, Sky. Aram said in his interview that Sky, uh, BT are, are showing up, but Sky have made their platform available as well. So they're going to do it on both platforms, which is big show for that fight. I think you know what I mean. Bro? So wait, so how's that going to yeah. work? Then so are they going to have two? Are they going to have two commentary teams? And so literally, the guy it's going to be like Floyd Pacquiao, well, isn't it? When it was Showtime HBO, that's what yeah, I'm saying. It's a big show for this. That for makes, this fight, that makes no that makes no sense though. So is that is that essentially Sky will be representing Dillian White in this? So they're going to have. It's not like you know a Joshua, um, a Joshua. What's it called? You know. When Joshua was on Sky and Fury, it would have been shown on BT and Sky, and you'd have probably had two, um, you know, two commentary teams basically, you know, BT and yeah, Sky. I think that's the deal, as yeah. And a warhouse with guns. As far as I can make out from what Aram said, he said that Sky have made a platform available as well. It's going to be on both platforms in the UK and it's going to be on pay-per-view in the US. And, tra- and some terrestrial in the US as well, I think. Well, is I, find that biz- I find that bizarre then, because that lessens, you know, like if BT are putting up big dough for it, Sky haven't put any money up for this fight. So why is Sky going to be able to walk in? Maybe then, you know, maybe some of the money that was put up is, you know, right offable. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, by, by, the, by, the, by the way, I mean, by the way, look, this is a forty-one million dollar purse bid. Forty-one million dollars is not going out, by the way. They've done a deal with Tyson Fury. Say Tyson Fury gets twenty million. They then just need to put a figure, which they'll guarantee. You know, they'll pay Dillian White says six million. They'll know Hearn can't run the risk of going bigger because if Hearn was to win it, he'd literally have to pay Tyson Fury. You know, eighty percent. Say say Hearn bid thirty-eight million. You know, he'd have to, you know, he'd have to pay 80% of that. That's huge, huge sums of cash that they need to find. They've clearly done a deal with Fury. Say it's a flat fee, yeah, say 20 million, for example, plus a percentage. It then gives them more flexibility to, you know, to ensure that they win the purse bid. I think Warren pretty much alluded to that as well, that Fury was really happy that, you know, he did his part to ensure that BT... Um, 
and you know Queensbury could win the bid. And it it makes sense really as well. I get it. You know, let's let's not pinch at straws. I mean, fuck me if he's getting twenty million. That is serious, serious cash. Fuck me, you know, like unbelievable money. And he's going to win, and then he's going to have even bigger paydays coming up as well. So it's um, that's the you, you know we can get all you know fantastic about the big numbers, but forty two million, forty one million isn't going out. They've done that deal. It was just to ensure that they do win that purse bid. Um, you boys have probably on. covered this, but I mean, I I would imagine is Fury not separate from the kind of deal that Aram has with Sky regarding the kind of that's like you know the top ranked content. It feels to me like the ESPN kind of content deal. Would Fury P- not be sort of written I'm, out of that? I'm not sure, but that's what I mean, Steve. Top rank are only co-promoters in this. Yeah. The, the name on the envelope was Queensbury Promotions, which means that in the UK, Queensbury's deal is with BT. They've not yeah. then got that conflict of, you know, well, it's not, you know, like a joint bid of Queensbury and top rank, because then Sky could, you know, there might be something where Sky could go, well, we want it. We're actually now, you know, it's not going to go to bidding wars, because the last thing you know you want is, you know, TV channels, you know, posing a problem, you know, because Fury has got this contract with BT. It was always the same with Joshua, wasn't it? Joshua had that deal with Sky and was locked into it with Sky and couldn't fight anywhere else. It was always in the UK. I think it was. Well, I guess, it was always on I, Sky. I guess if you're Sky, does it make sense? Because like I said, I think that's like a big shout for a fight of this size. I don't like... They're making out in the UK that this is like a massive, massive fight. I it doesn't feel like mm. it is to me. I don't. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe I'm wrong about Dillian White's appeal. But if your Sky surely with Matchroom gone, and you've got like a you, and you like if Aaron like I guess we need clarity on what Aaron means by Sky are making their platform available. But surely they've nothing to lose by selling on their platform just, too. You know what I mean? Well, I thought it was just a purchasing method, probably. I I just I can't see maybe, Sky maybe. sending. It. Say it's say it's wherever the millennium. I can't see you know two UK channels sending two teams to you know an a, a, a stadium to show it in the. It makes no sense. It just it's bizarre when Sky have absolutely no affiliation to either fighter. By the way, White's a free agent. Fury's with BT. It just makes no sense. It must be some sort of purchasing method for fans, I think. That's what I think it is. Is it possibly then, do you need to be a BT subscriber in order to get their BT pay-per-views? I don't know. You don't need to be a subscriber, but I I think you needed to register or something. I mean, I I wouldn't know I don't buy pay-per-views. I've got other methods to watch. But uh, If you've got the BT, if you subscribe to BT in the house, just say you've got the box standard subscription for for your Sky Mm. and that, you can still buy pay-per-views off Sky and that. So maybe... Correct, yeah. These people chances to buy it rather than just want to go subscribe to BT. Yeah, yeah. BT in the end. Possibly, I, I'm not 100 percent sure to be honest, but it must be a. Per- I, I just I can't see you know like because you know what it then means. It means Adam Bean Smith is going to be on the scene, which really disappoints me actually if he's going to be uh, able to commentate on it. But no, I. Um, but no, but back to it. I think you know that's the reason. I think you know Queensbury have gone soul in it. They've already said that. Is it? Um, Jared Anderson's going to be, they've taken him off one card and he's now going to be fighting on the uh, Fury White card as well. I think that's a smart move. So it's going to be interesting to see what the undercard is. But I'm a big believer, you know, that if we're going to see an absolute fodder undercard, I would rather see one fight, personally, than just a lot of shit underneath and then the big fight itself. I'd rather just see one fight and then that's it. Because, you know, if you're just going to see, you know, like A, B and C against knockovers... Who cares? 
you know, it doesn't enhance my night. 90% of the people are going to be going for the main event anyway. So you just think, you know, it's never going to happen, But and I'm straying here. But, you know, the, the money is tied up in the main event, so it's going to be a fairly cheap um, undercard, you'd think. And one person who I don't want to see in it is fucking Tommy Fury. That would be such an insult to people. He can fuck off. He jibbed gonna... it against a YouTuber. I do not want to see Tommy Fury on this undercard. If you're going to I... put anybody on, you put some like put some good fighters on there that deserve the exposure. Not that Pillock who jibbed it against Jake Paul. I agree with that. But Horsecock, Andy Horsecock as well says about Bob being confused. I think so. I can't see it being joint or anything. I, I don't see that at all. It, yeah, you know. it was, it was, I, I, maybe I, Bob was on the joint. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it took me back a wee bit, actually, boys. So yeah, really it doesn't just, make see, sense. Maybe the maybe it's just in the wording, really. All Sky platforms. What does that mean, really? Does it mean like the build-up? Sky you buy it through it or something the way you used to do. Yeah, it's, it's just the word of it. ITV it's and all that, didn't you? It was odd. Yeah. It was really odd. It's just the way he worded it. He said Sky are opening up their platform and it's going to be available on both. And I was just like. No, Steve, he's, he's going to have two fucking broadcasts, right? That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Bunsen war. Bunsen he, he might mean anything that Sky will give it some publicity, for example. You know, previously they've not done that. You know, when it was they were exclusive to Matchroom, it was a case of, you know, nothing else existed out of the Matchroom bubble. You know, on like Sky Sports News, yes. that sort of stuff. I'm not saying they'll advertise, you know, buy the pay per view on BT, but they might, you know, show. Um, they might show the press conference live, that sort of stuff. Which well, on Sky Sports News, or something. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff, maybe. Uh, but like you said, you probably said it right. Aram's probably confused and he's not got a fucking clue. So we'll let we'll we'll see this play out. Ne- ne- next thing is is you know like. I think it's important that we hear from Dillian White. You know, it's all right being in a purse bid, but you can easily walk away from it still. You know, if he's not happy with the percentage split, uh, the last thing we want is a fucking, you know, this legal case, you know, dragging the fight out. Let's get a fight date locked in. I think they're looking at a couple of venues. I think Old Trafford might be one up in Manchester. Uh, Cardiff is another one as well. Cardiff would be a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I think Old Trafford makes sense as well. So, you know, yeah. never been an event there. Fury, you know, has got, you know, the, the North West Links, lives in Morecambe. You know, in Old Trafford, the ground itself, like you mean? Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the, fo- the, fo- the football stadium, yeah. Uh-huh. The football stadium. Um, so, yeah, I think that'd be uh, that'd be interesting as well. But, yeah, look, the, the big thing's out the way. The purse bid is out the way. It's now time to get a fight date locked in. And let's see where we get to. Right, boys, I know exactly where we're getting Jarell to. Jarell Miller on that card, apparently. Jarell? Ah, you know the drug cheat. Oh, him again. How many Jarell. more chances are you going to get? He's desperate not to fight, isn't he? He'll come up with something. Let's give Serafina another chance. Oh, God, I was just going to say, get Sarah on, man. <laughs> Undefeated in the courts. Oh, I, I see that. Aye. She's getting the fucking lawyers involved. We speak to Frank. Right. Let's go on to Belly of the Week and get out of here for another evening. Episode 459. Haven't lined anything up. To play us into the Bell U of the Week, so we shall pick something off the cuff. Uh, let's see what we'll play tonight then. Oh, it's going to have to be something to do with Eddie, isn't it? Seeing as Eddie's been having a good week this week. Let's celebrate with a few uh, Eddie mistruths. These other networks and platforms are going to be looking at boxing like HBO did. I expect Showtime to leap its fall in 12 months. 
because it's too ferocious, it's too competitive, that people like, not Steven Espinosa, but the people above him, will look at boxing and go, this is expensive. And I'm not sure it's generating the business that we need it to. Just like HBO did. It wasn't a decision of Peter Nelson, it was just the bosses looked at it and said, this market's gone crazy, everything's too expensive, and we're not delivering the numbers. So goodbye. Bob Aaron, he said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Showtime might yeah. be... I think Bob Aaron's right. I think, Showtime, I, I think Showtime have a very limited future in boxing. Yeah. <laughs> Billion dollars, watches, even an eighth. <laughs> Billion Ugandan dollars, wasn't it? <laughs> it's not often you see Ed rattle. This is what he was rattling like fuck this week. What he was shaking all over. Shaking all He's over. rattling like a meth addict these days, old Eduardo, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> Get a life, everybody in the box of others. Oh, mate. Listen, see, see when the result came in, there was people pulling out uh, uh, old videos and that, or air gaff. And it's like, all you know, the comments were coming, Jesus Christ, mate, get a fucking life, you know, they think, Jesus. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Good old Eddie. Enjoying himself. Might have enjoyed himself on this card last night. Don King still going strong at 90 years of age. Tale of the tape. Ilunga Makabu against the Bezo Machunu, Andy. Machunu's 33 years of age. Makabu, not applicable. Doesn't matter oh, how old he is. We're not worried about that. Fucking cryo frozen, that man. Uh, I don't know how he fought last night, mate. He looked like he was definitely in his 60s. Like, Jesus. Remember Father Dave fighting next? They'll start doing that on Luis Ortiz's thing on the PBC next, aren't they? Not applicable. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's claiming he's he's he has, he's this forty, yeah. Forty-one, I think they're saying. Forty-one. Fuck, aye. He's in his fifties, Ortiz. I honestly believe nah, that. Without doubt, mate. I think so. Uh, he's in rigged. I was class in school. The two of them. It's, 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 probably, the it's, probably no, it's probably no fair actually, but I think if you start getting African fighters and Cubans, and that, I think you start adding ten years onto their onto their career, onto their life when you see them. <laughs> It's one because of paperwork, the other one because of, you know, it's a real bitch growing up a child soldier. What have they got in his Wikipedia, actually, just out of curiosity? I don't know. That was another thing, though. That was another thing, Matty, Mancini last night. Mancini could not get over the fact that he goes, we got a South African. And a guy from Congo fighting in Ohio. He could, he could not, he could not get over this. And people have travelled over King, to see this. So she Don Don King still got to touch. <laughs> Only Show Don me. King could put this I, on. I was with them. It's the, the, I, the economics of the situation were just <laughs> staggering. Just staggering. Why is it Man, not in Africa? <laughs> Mancini just <laughs> bursting into choruses of Labby Seafree, something inside so strong. Just to fucking <laughs> double down on the South African angle. <laughs> he's allegedly 34 my fucking oh, jocks right. okay there you go anyway let's move on uh, Ali Oladipo it's been a long day I'm tired not feeling great either but I think we need to get to the green chair keep pushing my man says Tony Bellew then Ronan Gibbons jumps in and says Tony I love you fella without you I would never have been a boxing fan and then he says and you Addy you defo helped my boxing knowledge thanks to the both of you legends keep smashing it the saddest thing about this Andy was I realised afterwards Ronan Gibbons is a Wolves fan. He often sends in questions to the Wolves podcast as well. Going to have to oh. disown him, Andy. Aye, that's what I would do, mate. Hopefully you blocked him on Twitter as well. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember who sent it to me, but yeah, Ronan Gibbons had to get iced, unfortunately. Whoa, here we go. <laughs> I'm bigger than those fingernails. Anyway. 
<laughs> the fingernails are small. Those ones are far away. <laughs> I, I, I ask, I've actually asked one of these questions before. Right? So you see these chicks that wear these fucking nails? How do they wipe their arse? <laughs> Genuinely, man, they must they must get something kind of caught on the claws. Maybe that's what AB's pondering there in that photo, Andy. Okay, it looks like he's playing me. He's wiener, man. That's what he's doing. You, you know what'll really catch you guys off guard is the first time that you see a lesbian with nice nails and something seems a little bit off, and then you look and you're like, oh. Yeah. So the context is apparently that uh, AB's got, got caught out again and she was going to apparently try to bribe him for cash. So rather than get caught, caught out, he just put it out himself on his IG. So uh, <laughs> AB ahead of the game. Clearly back in training as well. I was going to say, he, look, he looks in shape, doesn't he, Rob? He's <laughs> <laughs> some kind of shape anyway. Groceries right now. Okay, oh, hell. Matty was talking about, you know, resurrecting the champ last week, for example, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Jesus, man. Samuel L. Jackson was walking in there like God's gift compared to that. Tut. Like how many bridges or something there, isn't he? He's got a mouse. Man, maybe. He's on cash. <laughs> He's checking his cash app. What? OnlyFans? <laughs> About B-Cup. <laughs> I, 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 I can't tell if he's on his phone or if he's wondering why he can't get hard. <laughs> Oh, he's enjoying himself, eh? But he got the water. It's probably rolling well. the dice or something, you know. It'd be like... What's that? On, what's that by the phone there? There's a little it's, bag. It's no, uh, it's no way you can get it. It looked like a kind of bag of masks or something. I don't know what it was, but I thought oh, it was a right. bag, of, bag of Charlie as well. I had to zoom in on it, but it's no Charlie. Must be bad if he has to get a mask on the burn, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just cuts a wee hole for his tongue, mate. That's what he's going to do. Good old, eh, like... <laughs> It's just, a, it's just a new world of fucking new laws for Broner. We're not even surprised. Just shrugging it off. I got his Broner with his wang out again. Like fat Broner just sitting there, fucking up to some just Adrian Broner shit in his cab, in his fucking he's some, he's like, some lad, isn't he? he's, Holy shit, man! How would we be without AB? I actually believe he's gonna he's gonna rock up one day like like Charlie Sheen and say he's got HIV at some point. I'm convinced that man. Tommy Morrison. Oh, Jesus, Tommy Jesus. Morrison, aye. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's not going to have tens of millions of dollars to fall back on, unfortunately. Yeah, for that Charlie had that one. Good luck, Adrian. We shall move on. William McNamara bit. says box, is nominated Boxing Shots. Bo- boxing Shots says, God damn few is getting £32 million. Imagine all the homeless people who are going to get imaginary houses. <laughs> 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 Love it. Love, Love it. it. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, dear. Yeah. Josh Warrington got nominated. By me. <laughs> Who cuts Josh Warrington's hair? <laughs> I thought it was fucking Halloween. He was gone as Gomez. That's what I said. He looks like he's fucking put gel through his hair by a broken comb. <laughs> fucking hell. Look at his Dumb and dumb, eh? Ah, he's waiting to say, he looks like, what's his name out of Dumb and Dumber? Jim Lloyd, Carey. Lloyd, Lloyd. Yeah, Lloyd Christmas. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Golovkin yeah. had a similar haircut and look at him. Look you at sick as well. You sick has the old haircut sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, they, yeah. they all look like they wanted to be extras on the Little Rascals. I think he actually came out with his shoes taste of how, how I think he got caught in the rain or something. Oh, that's, what he was. that's what he claims anyway. I think that's what he said anyway, or somebody oh. says so. Okay. Uh, everyone's looking forward to the uh, Fury White fight. The War of Words just got real. Here's a War of Words for you. Isaac Warrior Low. Let's get ready for to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ready, ready. Let's get ready. <laughs> for to rumble. <laughs> I'm actually waiting for the day that, that, that Twitter actually puts, you know, translate tweet below fucking his messages like. 
the 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 people tasked with teaching him English are either some of the most lazy, worthless fucks in the planet, <laughs> or they are some of the most patient and deserve to be blessed people on the face of the earth. I don't know what it is, if, if they are incapable of teaching or if he's incapable of learning, but someone really got a raw end of that deal. <laughs> oh, good old Isaac. The fact checkers might come after him soon. Yeah, Daniel Gonzalez. <laughs> Jimmy Turner's nominated Daniel Gonzalez. Uh, talk, looking forward to fights for Jared Anderson on the undercard of Fury versus White. Gonzalez says, Anderson versus Gorman or Adelaide would be good fights. <laughs> would you put Jared Anderson against them too, Andy? <laughs> Legalised destruction or what? Fucking hell. <laughs> Adelaide, man. That was him a good fucking machine. Like getting highly pumped up by Frank and then he got right. iced like three rounds or whatever it was against some Well, job, he, he struggled against Sokolowski, didn't he? Uh, that's who it was. Sokolowski, anyway. Yeah, um, no, it's not a good step up for him. No, not really. Step back, actually, by about fucking six steps. Talking about steps up, the here's Joseph, Joseph oh, Ajayo. He's kicking off on Twitter. He says, Bryce, fictitious name on Twitter, distorted my picture. He put my head on someone's body. I tweeted about his criminal <laughs> intent. I don't know him from Adam. He's a Twitter troller with no brain. <laughs> 24 recalcitrant children ridiculed Elisha and he cursed them. Bryce, you are cursed. Bryce nominated him for Value of the Week. <laughs> Bryce, better get up a chapel and get out to see the, the priest and get some 10 Hail Marys. But... Call Father Dave, man, quick. Exactly. He's a priest, you know. He's a priest, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's a priest. <laughs> nice watch from Dr. the Dr. Joseph there. Oh, he's yeah, yeah, a bit, bit icy there, eh? Isn't it? A bit icy. I Blame thought that me. was Leonard Allerby for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Is that because of the nose? Leonard Allergies. <laughs> oh man! What did he say? What did he say? He said the fella put his head on somebody's body. What was the picture, Bryce? Let us know. I don't know. <laughs> Someone did him up with no makeup on and all. He was raging about that. Let's get. Let's get. Looks like Drake's dad, don't you? Did you ever see Drake's dad? Very same as a. Ah, the doctor going strong. Going strong. Yeah, here we are, Andy. Mauricio Suleiman uh, getting stuck in on the moment of triumph. Months of uncertainty, hard work, pandemic complications. Congratulations, Alunga Makabu, Pride of Congo, and WBC Boxing. Congratulations, Tariq, and a great victory hand in hand with Don King. Hand in hand. Some things never change. <laughs> oh, mate. I actually tweeted him, Bazzi. That was a fucking robbery. And you see, we didn't even see a third fight, but for fuck's sake, at least overturn it. Fucking hell. But I, I didn't see the the, the the WBC merchandise on on hand though, Steve. So oh no, I should have got a t-shirt on him straight yeah, away. I don't know what happened there. That's a wee bit mis trick there by Mister Sullivan and his and his and his ilks. Oh, I need Sean Gibbons there to put the t-shirt on. Did you see that the other week? Was it Mag Sayer <laughs> against Russell? Someone was trying to hug him. He's going, "No, get the t-shirt on." <laughs> <laughs> seen that? Oh, promote the brand. Uh, Ray Jackson has been nominated by Michael Thompson. Next paper, uh, pound for pound star. Talking about Nico Ali Walsh <laughs> after his dominance here. Next pound for pound star. Maybe. Maybe not. Did the little shuffle in between the in the middle of the fight. I didn't actually see it. So should we move on? Uh, Arthur Dane has nominated Clarissa the Groat Shields uh, live in action next week in the UK. She says, I know important things that people that don't know. I'm really on a different level. <laughs> don't really know, Matty, what the Groat's going on about here. What could she possibly know? Well, I know someone I know who know. could translate it. <laughs> <laughs> I I just know that she knows that we know that she is all knowing and and that's why she's the quote. 
you know. Greatest woman of all time, Clarissa Shields. Looking forward to seeing her in action next week against the Slovakian destroyer. I don't know. I don't know about that, Steve. I have one of my nominations on my topper. Ooh, here we go. Here's a good one coming forward. For fuck's sake. Toby has nominated Maris Bradis. He's now dropped a diss track to call out Jake Paul. I'm sorry. I've liked Bradis all throughout his career. I think he's had a good career. He's a good fighter. Seems like a likeable guy. But he has to get knocked out, Andy. This is beyond the pale. He cannot chase Jake Paul anymore. It's getting embarrassing. I'm calling for a knockout, Andy. A brutal one, too. He's a police officer, so everybody should want to see him get knocked out. <laughs> I, I want to hear this diss track. No, you fucking don't. You, have you heard it, Rob? <laughs> no, I didn't. Man, the cap- no, the caption was enough. I haven't heard a fucking... I haven't uh, not wanted to hear a fucking boxing-related rap song since you almost have forgot again. Uh, so no, I'll give that one a miss. I think Jake Paul's done a diss on Joe Rogan as well, hasn't he? I haven't listened to that either. So, no way, Jake Paul's going to fight him. You know, he would destroy, absolutely destroy him. It's embarrassing. Yeah, Jake Paul will kill him, and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Might see Braders against Tommy Fury or something. You never know. Right. Anyway, Curtis Woodhouse was. He said it took Frank Warren three rubber checks to pay me fourteen grand. Imagine how many will bounce for thirty million quid. Unbelievable. <laughs> Rob, well, you never know. He might have a bit of help from behind the scenes. Uh, Rob Smith says people dislike her, but you never hear stories of fighters not getting paid on time by matchroom. Now that's true. I agree with that. And Peter Adams says why do people dislike her? Though he talks shit to promote fighters and events, which is his job. The likes of Fury, Warren just lie constantly, yet the same idiots lap up their bullshit. Boxing is a crooked game, but Hearn is by all accounts above board, which is rare. And then Pav jumped in and said, because Hearn's the best in the world, runs a proper business, makes the biggest fights, <laughs> takes after his dad, Barry. Oh dear. Both know how to make money and run a proper business as well as making their sports achieve great heights. Bob and Frank are just salty. Yeah. I think, I think both things could be true. I think that could be true and he could be an asshole as well. Yeah. <laughs> both <laughs> things could be true. Look, I've seen, I seen Chris Williamson saying on Twitter that uh, no longer after the Prosperous came in that uh, one of Frank Warren's creditors under uh, was it Sports Network, possibly. It was the, one of the biggest creditors was the Millennium Stadium. And that was, uh, is that not the stadium he's talking about for a potential uh, the wine <laughs> fight as well? So right. I hope there's no any long long brains or long know, memories right? going in that place, man. Might end up in Ninian Park on the night or something at this rate. If you think that he's on, you know, on the level, consider this. You get tickets to go to a very uh, to a very intimate boxing match. Very limited ticket sales. You're, you're spending you know minimum of a thousand dollars American. You go in. The weather's a little bit dreary. And there's not even coverings. And then you're like, well, at least uh, you know this seems like a high class affair. I'll, I'll go partake in the offerings of food. And you go to get some food, and they charge you money for a personal fucking pizza. Does that sound like someone that's on the up and up? No. Long promotion. <laughs> no, I thought he was saying Eddie. Oh, Eddie, yes. Oh, Eddie's the pizza. Yeah. You're not going to get a pizza. Frank will not charge you for a pizza. No. If you get a pizza, would no. you? can't go to the toilet no. at them shows. I'm saying, yeah. Whoever thinks Eddie's <laughs> on the up and up, man, they're out of their mind. It's like, yeah. it's. You know, swim to the shit house and have shows, man. That was a fun time, man. Pizza Gate. It was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> there is no basement. There is no basement. <laughs> Yeah, Mate, let's move back to matters that are more at home for you here. Here's Eddie again. See it, believe it, achieve it. This is the moment that changes everything. The world will stop on April the 30th and watch the undisputed world champion, Katie, face the seven-division world champion, Serrano, the Garden, live on zone. What do you reckon, Matty? Pay-per-view, are you going to be partaking in? 
why is this the Bellew of the Week nomination, Steve? This is one of the best things to happen in boxing in, in recent memory. The world will stop. What? You're going to have to sort it out, Steve, when I see you the next time for that one. That's a bit of a low blow to me. <laughs> Even though I wouldn't feel a low blow the same as a male for you. Get, get what I'm on about. Yeah. That wouldn't, uh, Katie, that wouldn't be called a low blow in this situation. It would be called a cunt punt. I feel like such a fucking ass. I want to retire the Katie Taylor impression, man. I said she. I saw an interview with her during the week, and she's so no, fucking don't. nice, man. She's so nice. Like you can't. Like how am I taking it? I'm going to hell. Like, you can only retire Taylor. when she does, Rob. Yeah, slaughter and born again, Christian Katie Taylor every week on the fucking pod just to fucking. Rob's play, praying for Serrano to win so we can retire yeah. the Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Katie, get out of the game. I can't do this anymore. I, I, I Steve, dare. You I, I dare you to get yourself a Serrano t-shirt and to wear it to the pub for the fight, Rob. Yeah, that'll go down well. Katie Taylor's like a saint. I wouldn't even admit to doing this impression to anybody that knows her. She's like a saint in Ireland. You can't say anything about Katie Taylor, man. Fucking hell. You could be in bed with your wife, but you're out here impersonating Katie Taylor with all <laughs> yeah. of us. Like a fucking agent. Don't forget that part. That's what she said as well. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you have the uh, the Katie Taylor video where she was in an Olympic track? So you know, it's, you've shown it a couple of times actually. Oh yeah, thanks. I, us. I, I just, I, just I, can't, I can't remember what she had to say in that uh, that video, and I think it was relevant to this fight. That was all. Well, let us find out right now, shall we? We were all nervous. We were all praying today. But what was it like moments before this Olympic final for you? Were you really nervous? I uh, just want to thank Natasha for the great fight. It's a great, great opportunity, and Freddie, some place to have a great. <laughs> what a bastard! <laughs> so you may you may well be able to retire the impression, but the impression will never go away. Well, I was going, to, yeah, I was going, to go, but I was going to like make it like like the Katie Taylor's an asshole and all that cursing people out, but I just couldn't do it. Like she's just so fucking nice, isn't she? Like Katie Taylor. <laughs> What are you doing to Your me, impression's man? that good though, Rob. It might get like taken out of context, out of context, Katie, and all of a sudden yeah. she's, she's getting pelted. Shut shit, Shan said. Please, God, we can make a few quid out of it if it does happen. <laughs> get the sound clothing, get the sound clothing. Right, let's move on quickly. Uh, Arthur Dane, Brian King has thrown in a few here. IS Philly giving his views on the White versus Fury fight. Then body shots from White, going to have Fury in hell. Newton Street's finest jumped in. Finally, a boxer that will give the gyp that gypsy a real fight because that other joker he had that trilogy with was trash. Slim. <laughs> Wilder was trash. Okay, fair enough. Newton Street's finest. I'd hate to see Newton Street's worst, if that's the that's the opinion. Anyway, Eddie Hearn, proud, days for, proud day for us all. Welcome to the team, Olympic gold medalist Galal Yafai. Straight out of the gate for the WBC Boxing International title. Gavin Jay threw in a bit of advice here. He said, interesting fight, uh, signing. I'm far from an expert, but you might sell him and his fights better if you are not tearing over those smaller fighters at Wayne's. <laughs> I'm not watching this fella, man. He's going to be shit. Eddie Hearn's taller than him. Six foot six. Fucking prick. Waste of time. Tune out. <laughs> oh, Twitter. Twitter, eh? Uh, here's uh, Brian King again. Vic Glazer, not many boxing businesses that I can call classy, but MTK Global and its promoter Lee Eaton definitely rate in that rare classy category. The other top rank, of course, no matter what Terence Crawford claims, now you know. Thanks for that, Rick. Don't think you'll find tell any you disagreements what. here on the panel. No, definitely no, not. Value of the week glass. for Brian King for sending that in. <laughs> he got glass during the week, though, off, off Serafina. <laughs> oh, 
serving That's papers right. all together. They're a fine bunch of lads, aren't they, Rob? Great bunch of guys. Bunch of lads. Yeah, talking to great lads. Here's the man himself, Ryan Garcia. He's not in the ring, but he's back with a bang. Advertising the toughest soap for the toughest men. Hashtag Marlo, man. Marlo skin soap. Man, I cannot wait to see this kid take his L, by the way. Big fraud. I thought he'd bathed in tears, not soap. Yeah. Trying Ryan Garcia. <laughs> is it good for moisturizing because all the salt water from your eyes is drying out your skin? I mean, what, 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 what's the purpose? He looked like he's just penned one love letter too much in that in a screenshot there as well, doesn't he? Like, That's him working out, Rob. That is. He, he looks like he just left the uh, the showers after being in there with the coach from the U.S. Uh, gymnastics Olympic team. Well, at least he'll be in better shape if somebody does a fingernail picture of him. You know that way? He'll be, he'll be all right. Like. <laughs> oh, like, look up for the all look on his face is like, he's like trying to feel like, is, is that an STD? Like, I, what the fuck is that on my dick? <laughs> oh, he's not in good shape. Talking to people in good shape. Here he is. Tone getting nominated by Lions in the Camp. I live in a zone. Most are afraid to even enter. Says the bomber. Amen. <laughs> his, his latest workout. He isn't in the green suit, though. But there you I go, live in a zone, mate. Dazone. Dazone. If you want to do it at Ninian Park, mate, we could do it at that Welsh train station. Go, 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 go. That long weird. <laughs> danger zone. <laughs> you fucking rats. Uh, Declan Graffin, Declan Graffin, rather, uh, says, Jesus Christ, just seen Ali Walsh done the Ali Shuffle mid fight. Value the week nomination for that. <laughs> <laughs> Getting stuck in there. That, that's his grandfather, you know. Oh, yeah. Is I don't, it? I don't, I don't know that, mate. I thought he was Billy Wells' son, but no. <laughs> Look at this fine young fellow on the right hand side. He's Eddie. Uh, Scott Cardle says, A century ago, since I turned professional under the matching boxing banner, he's Shit, doing man. well. <laughs> so good long career. Come on. He's, fucking, he's wearing a well, eh? 100 years of that's what you look like when you've had 100 years of bullshit look at <laughs> look at Eddie's bonds that's before the plugs stick a moustache on him there he looks like Ron Burgundy don't he look at that like. <laughs> oh, great haircut great haircut speaking of which here she is the quote. what's she doing on a bra the quote this is a bit racy people be saying they're on demon time not me I'm on Jesus time says the quote well I'm sure Jesus wouldn't cover up what you at there Browse. It's no way to praise me. Jesus had long, flowing locks. Quote looking well there. Quite a few. Quite a few strong ones. What, what, what does that mean in that context? What is he talking about? For fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't have to have a fucking caption these days. What does that mean? Like, I'm on Jesus time. Here's me bra. Or maybe she knows somebody named Jesus. Yeah, maybe. Oh, oh dreamy. I did to the camera the quote. <laughs> I actually like the quote, man. I think she's legitimately bonkers, you know. Oz, yeah. what, what do you think of this photo, Oz? Oz wants to see the top here. We can clearly see the, uh, the forehead of doom is already uh, on the picture and it's keeping on going. So. The last thing you've ever seen a fucking forehead like that, mate, it was a battle at Mount Doom, wasn't it? <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be plastered all over Sky Sports uh, next weekend. Yeah. So uh, that should make some interesting she, footage. She, she said something about a percentage <laughs> this week, didn't she? She said something. About... <laughs> I'd, I'd actually have enough room to do a quadratic equation. We need to, we what need if she to keep... comes out with her hair like that? We need to keep count. <laughs> we need to keep count. Um, how many times she mentions her CV during the fucking time she's over here? The different interviews she does, which she, she, she in front of every camera you can imagine. 
She was she said on Twitter, I have to be five percent above the check weight or something, which means I have to be one sixty five. And everyone was like, No, five percent is one sixty three. She knows shit like you don't, Rob. This is it. <laughs> Son Jesus' time. Five percent, five percent in your own time, uh, Clarissa. Would be one sixty eight, actually. Yeah, Rob. That's <laughs> <laughs> all me. <laughs> right, a couple of videos before we finish up value of the week. See what the boys have got. First of all, we listened uh, to Hergovic last week slamming Babich shortly after the show. A Jew in the show, in fact. Take Ames, friend of the pod, sent me a response from Babich. So I've tied them together for your viewing yes. experience. Let's hear what the boys are saying back and forward. One of the men I want to get your thoughts on is a fellow Croatian, uh, Alan Babic. He's called for a fight with yourself for a long time. What have you made of his career so far and do you think you will ever cross paths? No, he's just a retarded guy who wants attention. He wants to fight me in the streets, but he blocked me on Instagram. <laughs> I can't send him a message to say, fuck you, Cuba, fuck you, but I can't even send him a message, dude. See your interview. I'm gonna smash his fat, smash his stupid little face in when I meet him on the streets. No, I wanna smash his stupid fucking face in. <laughs> you did that, bro. You did that. Sit right be behind, uh, next to him, right next to him, and I grab him by his balls. You know, you just kind of casual touching his balls, and he will do this. Uh, say it, say it now, stupid piece of shit. And he was like. Why do you talk like that? Fuck you, I'm gonna talk whatever the fuck I want. What the fuck do you want? You like this? Why the boy? <laughs> I'm telling you, he's not, he's not about that life, bro. Casually <laughs> <laughs> touching his ball. <laughs> 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 I'm fucking crying literally over here. <laughs> So two grams a day will make that a lot fun. You. <laughs> he was doing the impressions that made me think of Borat when he was talking about his wife. Her voice get lower. Borat, Borat. <laughs> oh my god! It was he was, fucking Hergovich just kept it simple. See, see what he around. said. Uh, see what he goes. Uh, oh, I said Cuba. I can say fuck you, Cuba. We were playing in the over thirty fives Astro. Against a bunch of Eastern Europeans, and they're all calling each other that, or they were calling me that, but they were shouting at Cuba, Cuba for the whole fucking game. We were all like, What the fuck does that mean? What does oh, it no. mean? I guess it means something not nice if they're grabbing you by the balls. Like saying, <laughs> man, I don't know. Well, maybe so it does. Jack has got to know that one. It's going to be like something, <laughs> something derogatory towards someone who lights it up them. Um, you know. Oh, right. Oh, I'm in pain over here. Fuck it. Say it, Andy. But don't say the word. Don't, don't, don't say, say the word. Don't say it. Jerk off. <laughs> don't say the other word that Matty told us about before. Don't say it. Don't say no, it. no, no. I'm saying the fuck. I'm doing a good fella's reference, Steve. That's the no, fucking know, Joe Pesci's telling the story. All right. Okay. Forget about it then. Sorry. I know. I know. I know. I know. We've got a couple of things going on here. Tell you what. you said you were all right, Spider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. Final one here. Oh, there, Josh Ford said it means whore, so there we are. We got to the Lovely. bottom of that one. <laughs> it was that, so don't be offended, Rob. It was an accurate call. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> A final one here. Dominic alerted me to this classic that seems to have slipped by the wayside. Frank, uh, back in the day, talking about Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson wanted to see like, Naz. He, he came into New York to come and see Naz, wanted to see him train. 
Ness said to me, come over and come over and see Mike McCarthy. I'm not going anywhere near him. He said, what do you mean? I said, you know what I mean. He's not like that. I said, well, why do you give that fella $30 million to settle then if he's not doing that? I said, the nonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you been hit by. You been stuck by. I spoke of you. I mean, it's a fair point. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. you got to give it to Frank, oh. man. Straight down the middle. Frank, Frank, Frank has got morals and he's sticking by yeah. him. Which one Which one sounds like the... <laughs> and Rob disappeared like a ghost again. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone. Frank silenced him. He might silence us soon if we keep going. So there you go. That's the final one that I've got. Oh, no, Robbie's been iced. <laughs> we might all be going the same way. That's all the ones that I've got, all the videos... All the images as well. Andy, I know you've sent me a couple. Hopefully I'll put them up. Have you got any more to add in here? Yeah, a couple, mate. Um, apparently, Devin Haney, George Cambosis talks have stalled. Apparently, um, Cambosis is asking for too much money. Um, I, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, how the fuck? How the fuck? And another one that Eddie's involved in, apparently he's saying that you know, Haney's got no problem travelling to Australia and that, but... Um, I've not seen any figures, but I think it's it's well up in the millions base. I think it's around about five or six million or something he's looking for. Um, big big Vitaly is coming out basically saying to Joshua and that you know if he sidesteps music rematch, that it would show weakness. You know, so you got to listen to big big uh, big Vitaly. Focus on the fucking army on your uh, on your uh, eastern front there, Vitaly. You got other shit to be. Mate, he's going to break. He's going to break away for fucking for his lunch break at least. To talk something else apart from fucking war and politics. Uh, Sergio Martinez, oh, by the way, we forgot to mention his fight on was it Thursday night, I think. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Aye, he fought... Um, McCauley McGowan. Aye, McCauley McGowan, that, you know, guy hung his balls out anyway. But uh, Martinez is ready to go, man. And uh, obviously this brings me to my to my point. Martinez, 46, watched the fight Golovkin. He says, I know my life would be in danger. Aye, fucking right. <laughs> the life was in danger. Fucking you that impression, Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, one one mayor actually just about this IBF situation. Maybe Hergovich trying to get uh, an eliminator spot and that. I mean, why the fuck did IBF just no give Hergovich the mandatory position? That's Gazi. No, Andy, there oh, is wait. a fighter who is ready to step up to the plate. Oh, is it Saul Farah? No, it's no, it is Big Big Bang Zile Zhang. Is that confirmed? <laughs> he's he's next in the rankings, and he already came out. Last time they went down, he basically came out about three weeks ago and said, I basically, I don't, Herg, in a nutshell, Her, Hergovic is all talk. I will step up and fight him. Well, I think it's with Andy Ruiz now, is it? And then after Ruiz, it's uh, in next in the rankings is somehow Charles Martin. Well, Martin won't get asked because he's just been banged out in, a, in an eliminator, I think it was. So after that, it is Big Bang himself. So uh, Hergovic finally might have a dance partner, and it is uh, Zile Zhang, who, who, by the way, Eduardo could make if it is internal, because Hergovic is with uh, Matchroom, isn't he? As is, well, yeah, as he, well they've so got like a co-promotion, though, haven't they? Nah, they won't have Yeah, and uh, Zile Zhang is also with them as well. So, yeah, I think that's who we'll be seeing uh, Hergovic thingy. Hergovic fight. And this is this one, one for Eddie, mate, just for obviously the, the whole shenanigans and that, with the push bids and that, you know, just like, obviously, as mentioned there, you know, 
talking too much in front of every camera. Eddie's never met a camera he doesn't disagree with. You know, he's always talking to one. He's always running his mouth. There's other people working quietly behind the scenes and just doing the business, not how it should be done, and then fights get made. But no, so we'll put one for Eddie there. But I'm going to go for a life. As my vote, mate. <laughs> I get a life. Who's your vote, Andy? Sorry, Isaac Low. No oh, votes yeah. yet. We're still. We're still oh, sorry, mate. Well, you you still go, well, Aussie's usually got nothing. In Ra, yeah, yeah. Ra has to go. Hold on. Give me oh, a chance. Anything yours? I actually have one this week. Oh, it's from uh, Daryl uh, at BK Yard Gardener on Twitter, um, responding to a tweet from Babs who was saying about uh, basically Fury's going to steamroll Dillian White. And Daryl goes, Well, I'll put a twist on it. AJ gave Dillian White his first loss many years ago when Dillian White was pretty much the man to beat in the heavyweight division. <laughs> And I said, Dillian White has never, ever been the man to beat in the heavyweight division. This back then, when I think, who would have been the champions at that point when Joshua fought Fury. Dillian White? Uh, was it Fury? No, Fury would have had the WBC. Was it, hadn't Fury just beaten, he beat Vlad, Vlad yeah. in November. And that was the December, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so I either thought that Klitschko was still champion or Fury had just taken over. Yeah. But with Wilder as well. So, yeah. Uh, plus, right then, you know, Dillian White, he was the man to beat. Yeah, Dillian White back then was the man to beat. I think the WBA belt went vacant because Joshua and Klitschko ended up fighting for the vacant WBA belt. I, I think this is just a good example of why mothers shouldn't drink when they're carrying children in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> what, like the heavyweight division? Or... <laughs> no, no, the original <laughs> comment. We haven't drifted that far, have we? <laughs> we might do. Right, Matty, drift back into uh, consciousness. Any nominations from you, please? Steve, I'm going to use this moment for us to eat some crow, and I'm going to nominate you and I for our failure to communicate on the Facebook page and our workflow this week. So for everyone that's used to the Facebook pages, uh, Steve and I, uh, we uh, we totally shit the bed on that one somehow between the two of us and uh, the flow of information. So I nominate myself and Steve. Well said, Matthew. I'll nominate you as well. Anything for you, Rob? <laughs> Yeah, I had I had one like, but I decided to pull the fucking plug on it uh, because I did a bit of research into the creator, and it turns out it's an autistic chap who uh, uses uh, art, I guess, to, as part of his therapy. But he had done a fantastic job of, for some reason, Ebony Bridges, um, with the count from Sesame Street, kind of behind the thing we wanted, and like. Uh, the numbers one to ten counted out for uh, the the knockout that she's going to get when she fights for a world title lead. So when I see that, I was on the deck, like the count, and everybody to get. You see the Phoenix count one. I see one Phoenix, two Phoenix. Um, so that was good. Like, but uh, this I gotta go for the kind of fucking the investigators here. Hold on now, right? Uh, one of the lads sent this to the chat. I think it might have been Oz actually. A boxer who fought Katie Taylor murdered husband in blood soaked baseball bat attack allegedly. Right. So anyway, oh. <laughs> done a bit of the, the, they said that she struck him 16 times in the head and multiple times in the body. Uh, she said she was at home watching movies, but her mechanic saw her car flying towards your man's house. She was the only person with a key and they found some of his blood on her sneakers. 
but they've yet to come to the conclusion that they're going to charge her, so they're just holding her while they investigate this further. Let's, uh, no, 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 let's hold up here. Let's see, let's really get to the bottom. The guy must have been just a big fan like me of Obanov, like the lead, the chief investigator. He just watches the weigh-ins and all on repeat. No, it can't be hard. Probably watched the be... Katie fight and said, nah, there's no way she would have hit anybody that many times. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, <laughs> the investigators in Switzerland need to fucking step their game up. I think you might have the culprit there. Um, <laughs> said she was, it was an emotional one or something. She was uh, accusing him of cheating or something like that. So she maybe, and like he was an old fella as well, wasn't he? Like so I'd be yeah. highly surprised if he was fucking, wasn't, you know, pulling the key term in there and looking to retire into the mountaintops. But unfortunately, well, he probably would have made it to the mountains eventually if she hadn't have been fucking interrupted, I guess. But, um, yeah, Obanov. No, she was. She's yes, allegedly yes. She's been denied bail anyway. There was a big, there was a big uh, commotion about the bail. She was going to get bail, but now the judge has thought maybe not, maybe not. There's a chance. She, there's a chance she might have done this. Um, so that's the update we were waiting for on Obanov. It took long enough as well. Fucking two years in custody. Um, so the appeals are not going great for Vivian. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it's going too well for her. That's she was a gymnast as well. It gave a bit of a better, uh, an interesting bit about her. Uh, she was uh, born and played football and was an Olympic gymnast, you know. Well, so and turned to boxing then at the age of 80. It's just, it's just a shame that we, we don't industry. talk about And then the, she the... fucking bludgeoned her husband to date with a baseball bat. <laughs> 16 clean, clean strikes to the crown. And uh, yeah, in the slammer, life in the slammer for Vivian. It's just a shame that we don't talk about uh, this epidemic of domestic violence against men enough. Uh, you know, uh, we we are the victims here. We 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 are the victims. Right. <laughs> uh, Belly of the weeks. We've all put our nominations in. It's quite a strong week, if I do say myself. Who are you going for, Andy? I'm going for. If she's found guilty, she get ten years. Ten years. Ten what? years. Ten oh, years. Is that all for fuck's sake. <sighs> Maybe they figured he was old, he wasn't going to last, but still. <laughs> Poor old Obanoff. Uh, Isaac Lowe for you, Andy? Yeah. That's one for Isaac. Ozzy, who are you going for? Well, given I rarely actually nominate a belly with a week myself, it'd be rude not to select the one I actually nominated. So uh, Twitter Daryl for saying that Dillian White was the man to beat in the heavyweight division many years ago when he hadn't even fought for a British title. But even then, saying Dillian White was ever the man to beat in the heavyweight division. Well said, Ozzy. Uh, move him out to here, Daryl. Any nomination? No, you've done your nominations, Matty. Who are you going for, brother? I it's I can't believe that, Andy, when Isaac Lowe. It's got to be Alan Babbage in his fucking epic rant, including, like, caressing the balls. Like, that was fucking incredible. It's it's Babbage all the way, all the way, all the way. That could be... Uh... Be a wide variety here, Rob. Who are you going for? I'm sorry, but if that fucking clip of Frank Warren <laughs> is not the fucking greatest boxing clip you've uncovered since the fucking Bugs one, I leave it so that is absolute top quality gold. Hey, Frank, it's nice to meet you. Get the fuck off me, you fucking ounce. Unbelievable. <laughs> Brilliant. Straight down the middle, straight shooter, Frank Warren. Not a grass, and he fucking sawed out an ounce if it comes to it. Uh, so yeah, Frank, that, that clip was unbelievable. Brilliant. You got the hammer, Steve. 
I know, but I can't do it, I'm afraid. I was going to go for the main man himself. I thought it would be a lock in for AB. <laughs> yeah, forget about him. Well, he's, he wins it so much. Like I know. He kind of keep picking on the afflicted for fuck's sake. He's the man city of Belly of the Week. No, guys, all right. So if this is a five-way tie, guys, this is epic. We It's one of you guys needs to do a Twitter poll on this one. Let the, let one of the listeners sort it in the chat there. Who the fuck... Yeah, the, the, the like the, this because Steve, this would be five who does, put together who for the Jim value McDonald of the kick? year. <laughs> Whoever gets a super chat in next with the answer, that then they win. They win. All right, yeah, they get the call value of the week. Yeah, an honor watch that seventy-nine pence roll in here. Steve. Yeah, well, it doesn't that. matter the amount. Whoever says whoever says their one, we'll wait as long as chat. we have to, people. We had one in the morning with these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here it's again. It's a joke. I was going to nominate us. Remember, I messaged you during the week on the WhatsApp on that about uh, about that picture that appeared. Remember? What was that? I'm, I'm not going to say it. I'll speak to you off air about it. What picture is this now? I I don't know. I'm lost. Oh man! In the box, another's messenger group. Get a like. Yeah. Send a picture. This is painful. No one will even give us a buck on this, Steve. Right, Chris like... Burns has said it's got to be Isaac Lowe, and he's already thrown in a super chat, so there you go. Right, Chris, Bur- Chris Burns does the job. Isaac Lowe, congratulations. You are the that... value of the week. I call fucking bullshit. Nine. How the hell is Babbage not win this shit? Especially back-to-back. This is bullshit, and this is why society is collapsing. Well, it's collapsing here because it's 5 to 11, so I'm out of here. Thanks to everybody who's been on tonight. <laughs> We've had a great time. Thanks to Chris Burns, Joe Burns, Ryan Deal, and Ricky Graville, who all threw in super chats, especially Chris Burns, who picked Isaac Lowe as our Bell You the Week winner. Thanks to Andy, who's been on, rapping Rob Kelly, Matty, Ozzy, me, Steve. We'll catch you all again for episode 460. Same time, same place next week, and bye. We'll never forget. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking so I can fight me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has failed has failed a test. Seven year age. I don't fucking smash, fuck are you? I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds, simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.